Back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the newest member of the Titans now that they have an open slot, Eric Shea. And I'm the lost child of Donna Troy, Jim Werner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 485. Did I do it right, Eric? You did okay. <laughs> I, did, I did that at the last second. I was going to say I'm the purveyor of positivity, but I thought, eh, I don't why think lie? I should lie to people. <laughs> That's why I didn't do it. Welcome, all you weirdos, to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, where... We have a bunch of books for you tonight, some better than others, but isn't that what we call life, Eric? That's like the facts of life with Mrs. Garrett. But before we get into all these books, I want to ask everybody or remind them to go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Go (laughs) over to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Check out our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics. And then finally, go to our Patreon, Patreon.com slash weird science where you can help us out for everything we do plus get things like our badass patreon spotlight podcast that comes out every thursday night two dc books picked by the badasses of the get fresh crew they picked two number ones but with that a bunch of number ones this week but if anybody thought that boy i think that they'll pick batman the brave and the bold number one and the vigil number one then you were damn right that's what they (laughs) picked and I said, you know, even by the end of the podcast, I'll say it, uh, the idea that I was a little upset that the vigil wasn't on the podcast because, you know, Eric's been pushing that what? I have a vendetta against Ram no, B. No. And you I talking is pushing it. that. No, that's not a vendetta. That is just sensibilities and uh, knowledge. I don't sensibilities know what it is. and sensibilities knowledge. knowledge, everybody. That's what we're all about. How Here cool we are. It. How about this? Today, somebody actually told me that I am one of the biggest voices of reason in comic books right now. And I said, you just don't know me, do you? (laughs) I'll slap you big. But yeah, if you want to hear us talk about Batman, the Brave and the Bold, number one, the Vigil, number one, you'll have to go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science in an episode that was about an hour and 40 minutes. We dove into that. And Batman, the Brave and the Bold, there's a lot to talk about there. Or was there, Eric? That's it was. What I want to know up to you. I want to ask. It was an hour and 40 minutes for two books. There was a lot to talk about. Yeah, there was. And we actually did like the vigil and maybe liked some things in that Batman, the Brave and the Bold. Each of us liking was a little damn. bit different. Well, if they're not going to go, what does it matter? But I'm trying to entice them over there. So, yeah, check that out if you want to hear those books. But we still have a bunch of books for you tonight. But. Before we get to that, Eric, we have to celebrate. We have to salute. We have to give the roll call for those badasses of the Get Fresh Center. I should have probably pulled up the badass. Oh, here we go. 45. Here we go. We will start as we do with Trevit Dad Nation. Yeah, y'all. Eric K. Double K. Jeffrey Greek, Zach Walker. I finally got a hold of him about reading Flash. The Annihilator, yeah. Ted Pros, I Love Punchline, Stork, Michael S. Cam, Matt Razor, D Man 3000, Niels T. Work, David Fink, Stephen Baum, Jason Covey, Sue 42 to you and me, Michael G. Ken Halleck. This is very loud in my ears. I'm ending up screaming. We have Comic Boom Rocky, then I see ya, dick. See, I got it, Eric. I, I sat there and looked, I'm like, 
Is this a Yiddish name? Is this Yiddish in origin? Mark Jager, Bill Beer from the Bat Pod, Ruben, Carlos, Noel of Marv, Matt Rapier, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Manchup, Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Million, Batman Beyond, Mark, Brandy, Murray up there in Buffalo and Double A Ron doxing his ass. In Minnesota, Eric. I don't know. Some reason, everything is just jacked up in my it headphones right now. It sounds fine to me. Well, not, well, th- you're not wearing my headphones. I'm saying something's wrong on my end. Something's wrong with your end is what's going on, Eric. You, you have what we like to call in the business a muddy bottom. But, hey, what's everybody. <laughs> you don't want to know what business I'm talking about. Hey, everybody. Give a shout-out to all-time greats, uh, Rob Lewis and Ruju. We sure talked are. about Reggie a bunch uh, this week. I talked about Reggie actually on another podcast as well, talking about the Doom Patrol with Bray. So uh, Reggie has come up a bunch of times. A little shout out to him. And every time there's any sort of Joker or announcement of anything new, Joker, I think that Rob Lewis would have lost his mind. He's shaking his head. <laughs> He's just shaking his head looking down. So all that all wrapped up into one, but we do have a bunch of books. I think that this will be one of them long ones, as they say in the business. Muddy bottom. <laughs> you ain't muddy bottom, Eric. That's what they say in the business. But so with all of that, we're going to stop this nonsense right now. We're going to get it streamlined, Eric. Laser streamlined. focus. We're heading off to the books right about now. It is time for Jim's reviews and Eric Shays as well. Eric, I Maybe. feel weird when I hear that song. It used to be that it would take us like an hour to get to the reviews, so it made more sense. Now it just seems like Dancing Mike's throwing a lot of shade at us that the five minutes that it took to get to this point, it was just too much for him. So I actually do I giggle when that happens. You get it, Muddy Bottom? All right, well, here we You'll are. And it. as we said already, I want to remind everybody again, Eric, and maybe ask them to go over to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where you ago. get written reviews. I said about two minutes ago, but yeah, the idea of going and checking out sus reviews from Gabe that we have on the site. Gabe has a little different opinion than me and you, so that's the fun of it all. You can go and read his reviews on the site, or you could go over to the you know, YouTube channel and see what I think of things before we actually even do our podcast. But this is what I like to do where me and my man, Eric Shea, America's sweetheart, 
what did you say you were? Uh, uh, one of the Titans. The newest now. member of the, the Titans. Man. Now they have an open slot. They Eric do Shea. have an open slot. They do, and we'll get to that. And when I do, I've been laughing all day now, thinking of when we did our deal Patreon on spotlight. the Patreon spotlight that I asked you, had you read the Titans book yet? And you had. Well, I know I, I haven't, oh. Jimmy. Yeah, and I said, oh, you should check it out. And I didn't think you would, but then you did and lost your mind. So we'll get to that full out. It was pretty funny. It was a good reaction. I like the zig when you expect me to zag. You're like, you should read that. I'm not going to read that. I'm not your dancing monkey. All right, I'm going to check this out. Yeah, yeah. And the only reason that you did is because then I said, well, I didn't think you would. <laughs> then you zagged when I thought you were going to zig again. But yeah, we'll get to that. This first section the super section kind of thing. Yeah, it's not the super really section a theme. It? There's not really a theme here. I almost put the heavy hitters. I almost put Batman, Superman, World's Finest first, and I thought maybe you'd lose your mind if I did that. So what are you I talking about? That's Superman. what we have been doing. Well, we ended up where I don't know. We usually have Superman actually. I don't know what the hell we've been doing. I can't remember week to week, but I ended up putting Superman first just because it's Superman, and that's what we're going to start with. Eric, kick it off here. Superman, number four, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Jamal Campbell and Nick Dragata with uh, continuing the art with by Frank Martin and Ariana Mayer. So what we have going on here is the aftermath of our initial story arc with Parasite being affected by the villains of Lex Luthor, Mr. Kraft and Dr. Farm, where they infected him, turned into a bunch of parasite monsters that would take over the city until we had Dusex Machina happen. We could solve everything. No fuss, no muss. But we're moving on to our next problem, where apparently Siobhan, the Silver Banshee is going to be affected as well. And the worst part about this story, in my mind, is you have something interesting going on. I wanted more of the Parasite, but we kind of like, you know, we ended that super early, I felt like, because this is issue number four, and we're starting what feels like a new arc, at least a new bad guy. But on top of Kryptonite being this overwhelming presence in Superman's life, the one thing that can affect me, you have all of these different colors of Kryptonite that do all these different things. Now we're going to use the different colors of Kryptonite in general to affect different monsters in Superman's life, Silver Banshee in this one, Parasite in the previous, but it almost becomes the series just, it almost feels like the first season of Smallville, where people are affected by Kryptonite and different things happen to them based on how they're, like, you know, affected by the Kryptonite and where. And yeah, I'm like, I don't know if I need that. Plan. And I get, I get it, what they're trying to do and what Josh Williamson thinks it's, you know, something new where instead of Kryptonite just affecting, you know, Superman, Superman. he's going to end up It also up gives where- you cancer. Well, Dr. Farm and Mr. Graf, they're going to end up manipulating the radiation so that it affects the villains of Superman as well. And that's kind of interesting. I just hope that we get more into it. And it's just not like you said, kind of like, OK, well, here's Silver Banshee. OK, well, here's this. Here's that. And, and I want to get that's a little more. That's what it feels more. like right now for everything that we've dealt with in the background. We're seeing the blue kryptonite on Bizarro and different. I don't know what we're doing with the uh, autopsies in the background of these villains. Like when we ever get when we do get to see them. But Parasite was apparently affected by the radiation of Kryptonite. We're going to do that with Silver Banshee now, and we're seeing these different things. And I'm like, just when I, I like, I like Smallville a lot, the TV show. But I remember just sitting back in the first season, like, all right, who's going to be a Kryptonite kid this week? And that's all it ever was. Now, a lot of things that we like. I mean, Buffy when that first started, it was you know monster of the the week. It ends up where well, they, they had you that throughout. You have to get the whole deal where you have to get a. Uh, that's usually what you do when you don't have an overall you know story yet or, or get going. But this seems to be okay. I just want no, no. I'm I'm here, and you end up having it being cool enough. But I thought that this issue with the whole Silver Banshee dating Jimmy that's fun enough, and that's I like it. A lot of that people, is fun. A lot of people really like that, but overall. It's, it's starting to feel like what we say about a Tom Taylor 
issue. It doesn't have much going on. Oh, you know, it's interesting stuff, but you, you tend to drag some of this stuff out. And by the end of this issue, I really thought, okay, that felt like half an issue. It didn't really feel like a full entire issue to me. I, I need a little more meat. And I think that that's what, why by the end of the parasite deal, after three issues of that, it just didn't feel like we got much at all from no. it, even though it was three issues and it seemed to kind of stop, you know, right when it was getting interesting. And I hope that that's not the case going forward. But I do like the art and I do like oh, no, the amazing. stuff with Lex. Lex continues. It's kind of a, but again, you're going to have a full out scene here where Lex gets upset because somebody's talking trash on Superman. So that he hits an acorn, and it's not much to it there. Even the idea, Lex Luthor, you know, the the greatest mind in all of DC Comics, he's sitting in the Strikers Island yard, which is just looks like a resort, which is crazy to me. Think about the biggest bands in the DC universe having this really nice park area where they could all hang out. Half, like, you know, three of them are over there talking shit about, you know, Superman isn't nothing compared to Batman, and everything like that. Lex Luthor takes offense to this and becomes either dead shot or or Bullseye from the Marvel. You Actually, when I saw this, I thought of Bullseye from the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie because he just picks an acorn off, flicks it, and it goes right into this guy's throat, almost causing him to die. I'm like, who is this Lex Luthor? And then when we find out even more the idea, when Lex Luthor first left Smallville and came to Metropolis to make his mark on the big city, the city of tomorrow, the big apricot, he decides, you know what I need to do? There's a lot of people out there. They're, they're kidnapping the homeless. So I'm going to use science to infiltrate the homeless to get find out who's doing this, and I'm going to be the first hero of Metropolis. This is funny to me when Lex Luthor's like, I use my mind and science to figure out what was going on. I'm like, you dressed as a homeless man and got on the bus. Yeah, and then when it was revealed, kind of looks like the, I, I swear it was the Lex Luthor version, just for some reason, Mr. Sarcastic, when he's there, hey, everybody. But in that, I wish that he would have went over to Bloodhaven. Maybe he can take care of that heartless problem over there. But you this end is a up long where, time ago. I like the idea of this, but even when you have that, hey, you know, we've been doing a lot of good. And I'm like, oh, man, I, I wanted to see some things that they were doing with the Atom and stuff like that. I don't know. For some reason, when I see the stories in between issue number three and four that Lex, like what Lex Luthor and Superman have been doing with Supercorp to like show the good that they've been doing as working together. It's not something that I thought like I really wanted to see. We've broken peace between two kingdoms that had been well, that for centuries. Care. I'm more of the Atom since we haven't had much of that. We found the lost sword of Imperiax. Okay, we we solved a hundred-year-old alien murder mystery. We have helped the world on scales big and small, where it's the two Adams and Superman shrunken down riding on hornets. I'm like, I, I don't know if I did need all that. I might like to see that. The thing that you get with the with the whole Super Lex again that he showed up. I like the idea that then he's more. That gives you more of that jealousy when Superman shows up. And Wait, how like, much oh, of this backstory? Sucks. That he's telling Superman, do you think is actually real? Where he took on Mister Graf and Doctor Farm, and before they ever became what they are now, to make them his first baddies. Like this is the reason that they're Lex's villains and not like uh, Superman's, is because he took it to the streets twenty years ago and became his own superhero to stop them. How much of this do you think is true, and how much is it like, hey, we work together, they went one way, I went another? That's the one thing. I, I think that when Superman starts talking to him about it, I think that everything we see here is true. He's just not filling in the blanks that he decided, hey, we should work together after this. Or we should you know, get together and exchange notes, or whatever the case may be. It's odd. But yeah, the idea where Superman just... And then it just becomes... Come on, Lex. Can't you tell me where they're hiding us? No. Come on, Lex. If you're, <laughs> if you're nice and you know you're really on my team, come on. And that's what it ends up being. And it's okay. It's just that the idea. I don't know. Everything moves just so quickly. And while I don't really care 
about finding out about the sort of Empirics and things like that. Even that. What about the hundred year old alien murder mystery? Well, I'm saying having that one page seems to like it sped up things, even though I might not want to see all those. I'd like to see the Adam because we haven't seen well, it either. It does in put a while. us in a, in a different perspective of where Dr. Farm and Mr. Graft are in their plans, whatever it may be using kryptonite, because the way that you would think from a progression of a comic, where the last issue where they affected Parasite changed him, this issue we affect Silver Banshee right away with different kryptonite. And so in between, it's like, have we been doing this a couple months working with Lex and Supercorp? Like, what is the progression of Superman and his feelings of Supercorp mercy and all that? Because it does feel like we just continued from last issue, though, the way they're interacting with one another. Well, and it starts right away because when, when we first started out, I'm like, the hell did Silver Banshee get out of jail? You think uh, Jim, Jimmy wrote to her in prison and that's how they became a couple? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's writing those weird letters that all the villains get in the prison. Uh, but yeah, even then, like, when did this, you know, whirlwind romance start and go and whatnot? But you know, it's serious. She's making Pop Tarts for him in the morning. Exactly. And you know, it's serious because they're going to be heading off to the Old West, as I called before, I think. But you end up where all this going down. You know, Lex is still kind of not on the up and up, full out disclosure to Superman, but he does end up telling him. And even then, it's just like, come on, come on, come on. Okay, here's where their lab is. And Superman goes off, and because that time jump and things like that, I ended up like, all right, well, what's going on here? Like, they're not there. Everything looks, oh, oh, no, it's a trap. Like you said, you end up having Luther playing his Mon Calamari here and screaming. And yeah, you end up where when he sees, wait a second, if you did this, then why is there blueprints for this, you know, Phantom Zone? Oh, no, it's a trap. Get out of there. And that's when Silver Banshee shows up and does attack Superman in that. So it, it's everything goes really quick, though. It's just funny to me, the idea that they're going to build a Phantom Zone projector using, you know, the idea that that's Kryptonian technology. How would anybody know about any of this? They're going to build them. And all I can think about with this, since the plans are built. Maybe this is how we're going to get Earth 2's Red Tornado and Valzad out of there. <laughs> That's how you'll get them out of there. When we actually have the trap sprung and Silver Banshee shows up and having, like, Parasite having this evolved kind of virus where people are infected and become parasites themselves. And the, the feeding frenzy just keeps continuing like it's critters the movie. When we see how Silver Banshee's affected, she has a scream. But now she screams white constructs of herself fell. And I'm like, I just kind of want to see Silver Like, the thing is... You have all of this going on. Even when we started the series off with the cold open of Livewire, I'm like, man, I really would, would like to see a Livewire story because we never get any of those. And even Parasite, he's usually like a, a footnote in something else. He's usually a background player getting screwed over somehow, but he's never really full force in charge as the big villain of any Superman story lately. And now it's like a weird, you know, per- perverted version of that character. Like, you know, it's not exactly who you want as Parasite. It's a different version. Now Silver Banshee is, oh, we never get to see Silver Banshee anymore. And it's not exactly Silver Banshee either. And I'm like, I'm just getting like, you know, different versions of what I want. And I don't know if that's exactly how I would like the series to play out at this point in time. When you have an entire rogues gallery for Superman to play with, who have amazing powers and like are their own characters in general and don't have to be manipulated by Dr. Farmer, Mr. Graff. I, I but just, it just think seems it's like- so that Superman will have to save them, not fight them. I think that that's what it's all set up for. Because now Silver Banshee, you can't really fight her. But he would that en- do that anyway. He saves and he fights. Still end up trying he to fight now. He had the bigger bad. But I actually thought the progression was, and I thought, how are they going to do this? I thought Silver Banshee's scream 
was going to be a Phantom Zone projector. I thought that he was actually going to get taken into the Phantom Zone because of this crazy (laughs) deal that they ended up having the plans. It doesn't make any sense, but for some reason, that progression? Well, does white constructs of herself coming out of her mouth, does that make much sense? Again, maybe the Phantom Zone projector would make more sense. But yeah, you have these constructs coming, but does that make it, like you said, does that make it better? Does that no. make it, you know, it, it's kind of odd. And but it, the art I looks think, great. I'm telling you, I'm looking at Silver Banshee right here fighting Superman. And I'm like, yes, I want to see this. Just not the way it's being presented in this weird idea of who these characters are. Superman would try to not just save them, but take them down in a, yeah. a better way or whatever. But this does end up seemingly will still end up connecting. Like you just have Silver Banshee coming. Hey, hey, I'm Silver Banshee, bitch. Right. That can't lead back. You know, back. classic Shabbat. Yeah, I mean, that's what she always says, right? That can't lead back to Luther. If you end up running it through, you know, Graft and Farm, that will eventually lead back to Luther because of what he's not telling. So I think that that's kind of the deal. And I guess it's one of those things. It is a weird play because when I see some people talking, you know, Andrew Belfast loves the idea that Silver Banshee is in here. Finally, it's great, the yeah. Irish heroes and villains are getting their props, right? And he ends up where... But it's not, it's weird. You're getting the character, but you're getting that weird little manipulated variation of it. So is that a good It's a weird play? thing. It's almost know. like the idea when I think about it, it's like an action figure line where it's like you have all these characters that you want to come out. And instead of like, you know, later down the line, like a couple of years into the toy line, you want to get new characters. But here's a silver banshee, but now she has armor and stuff like that. It's not exactly what you want for the character. It's an offshoot of what she could be and what you want out of it. Yeah, it, it is. It is weird. Now. I'm not a huge Silver Banshee fan, and not that I don't like her, but I don't have that. So when I see this, I'm like, okay, it's cool to get Silver Banshee, but you're right. At, by the end, you're like, okay, but I, like I said, I think that all this, because you want to connect it to Farm Graph, then it's three, six degrees of Luther. It'll end up going back to him, probably in a way that's a little grayer, ambiguous. It'll be like, well... I kind of set that up, but I didn't. So Superman can't get that mad at me, but he might. And it's it's just a weird play. But I do like the stuff, you know, Jimmy and Silver Banshee. But I don't need to know anything more about Marilyn Moonlight. The <laughs> Marilyn Moonlight, of Metropolis, Marilyn Moonlight. It's so funny to me too because the idea where Lois is talking about, "Hey, you ever heard anything about this Marilyn Moonlight?" Marilyn Moonlight. My father used to tell me this story all the time. You know, Metropolis in the Old West. When he says this to me, I'm like, Metropolis is East Coast. You can't call it the Old West. Yeah, well, you know, as this is going on, some people go with it being like that was St. Different. Louis and stuff. It's weird. But no, the I'm just idea- saying, though, it's, it was different on the East Coast, though. It's, it was different than what the Old West actually was going on at that point in time. I like the idea that Jimmy, the, the guy's very dramatic. I mean, there is not a panel in this that he shows up and has just, you know, like, hey, I'm kind of chilling here. He is running he screaming. Out in the song. Then he almost breaks out in the song. Then he almost breaks out in the song again. Then he's like a gas. Then he's yelling. Then he throws himself in front of Silver Banshee. The guy is a roller coaster no, ride of Superman, emotions. You can't hurt Silver Banshee. I love her. Dun dun dun. You know that Jimmy. He he loves hard, Eric. He is a man. He's going to give it his all. And if you can Look, take that. A woman said yes, he'll freaking follow well, her to the end I'm of the saying. world. If Silver Banshee can take it, he will just follow her. <laughs> I mean, Don't he say is take all, it. He is all, <laughs> she can take it from that red-headed photographer that he is. I like when he shows up, too, and he's like, hey, hey, Lois, I knew you'd be out here because you hate working. 
I wanted her to say, you know, I'm the chief now, you asshole. But she's getting her coffee, right? She's standing in line like all the regular schmoes. Look at her, old Lois. But yeah, I do like the idea. Jimmy is just so over the top. He's like, oh, she goes, hey, do you know anything about this Marilyn Monroe? Like, oh, well, yes, I do. He starts singing and dancing. Oh, my God, that's a classic. He goes on. But this Marilyn Moonlight, I told you, I think that we're going to get Jimmy back in time. And I'm I'm there for it because even the idea where Jimmy knows all about Marilyn Moonlight because for some reason his dad was all about that shit, wanted to tell his baby boy about it as well. If he goes back in time to the, air quotes, old west of Metropolis and meets her, I do want it to be this weird situation because we have out of nowhere for no reason, but I enjoy it, the idea that Jimmy Olsen is in love with Siobhan McDougal. Okay, if he goes back down and then it becomes this weird, like, you know, almost love triangle between Silver Banshee, Marilyn Moonlight, and Jimmy Olsen in the Old West. I'm like, this could be a lot of fun outside of what we're actually fun. doing right now with Supercorp. It would, and then just basically make it, you know, Back to the Future 3. We'll have a lot of fun yeah. with it, Eric. And, Honestly, and, that's all I think about. And it is funny because you even, uh, you're going to do this. I mean, there's a lot of fan service in this. Like I said, it does remind me of points of World's Finest, which you could remind me of worse things, I guess. True. But when it's like, hey, Turtle Boy, I'm like, we're going to do it. I can't wait. And I well, love the, Oh, my like, God. Well, the thing is, we start the issue out with Siobhan get, making breakfast in the morning, right? And like, hey, Turtle Boy, get up out of bed. You're going to be late for work. Or like, we're going to be late. When she said Turtle Boy, never crossed my mind she was talking about <laughs> old Jimmy Olsen because obviously he's turned into a turtle and pissed, but all my stupid mind was like, You didn't think shit, it was the she, turtle. The turtle baby's there? And now the baby has now grown up into a, a boy. <laughs> that that would have been yeah, hilarious. I thought this was somehow the caretaker of the baby turtle. Eric, from that would have been <laughs> awesome. You know what would have been awesome? Seriously, think of this. She's like, come on, Turtle Boy, you're going to be late. And the turtle, who was a baby recently, yep. has grown up a little. Is a little boy comes out, and you're like, "Oh my god, you did it!" But then Jimmy comes out because he's there too, and they're taking care of the. T- now that would have been funny, but like the, the weird tales of Jimmy Olsen, where he's you know shacked up with Silver Banshee, where they're both secretly raising the, t- yeah. the oh, clone that would child be of awesome, the turtle, the clone child of the turtle. <laughs> oh, that would have been so good, uh, but. All in all, if we do get, and I, I said it before, I think that you kind of groaned when I said, oh, we're going to get Jimmy in time. I said Jimmy Olsen, the most time-traveled veteran yeah, makes sense. of all of the BCU. And when you do that, I hope that Joshua Williamson, if he does, has some fun with it because there's nothing better than Jimmy, the fish out of water, who just messes up everything. But then actually it works out at the end, and I hope he can get that little flavor of that because I love the whole deal with with Jimmy and going through time. But, I mean, at points, he ended up starting a Beatles craze in ancient Rome. Now, that's some fun times. And then got in trouble for it. (laughs) Right. Oh, my goodness gracious. But, yeah, overall, though, this issue, it just goes by really, really quick. There's not And what we're getting out of this quick issue, I think I can't even say everything's interesting because we're just playing the idea of kryptonite affecting other people besides Superman, and all that can make me think, maybe it's a personal thing, maybe everybody can say, oh, this is is the greatest fucking thing I ever read, but because of my own personal biases, all I think about that is Smallville and the uninteresting ideas of just giving people kryptonite powers from the first season, the whole thing, and then we have this go by, it's like, I want to see these characters, but the way they're depicted aren't the way that I want to see them, it's an offshoot, I'm like, I feel almost let down every step of the way of what we're being told here, even though 
the background ideas, Luther's villain, Super Corp, Superman and Luther working together, even when we have Superman fighting like uh, Silver Banshee here, and little tips that Luther's given has wormed its way into Superman's mind and how to neutralize her scream using heat vision to warm her lung or breath so she can't do it. I'm like, this is Luther worming his way into how Superman works, something he normally wouldn't do or even think about doing. All of these things are cool, but the overall picture of what I'm seeing is just not as much as it's not as big as I want it to be. Yeah. And and again, like you said, uh, the the big thing, if you're going to go layers and, and other things going on, when you do see him use his heat vision and Lex commends him, you're learning. All right. You're, you're thinking ahead. You're starting to think like me. And that's something that Superman doesn't like. So that's what in the back of your mind you're thinking, OK, this is all still a setup for Lex. And, and even if it, by the end. It it ends up not being so nefarious, but it's just Lex just wants Superman to act a little more like him. Superman will still be pissed. He'll be yeah. being manipulated and things like that. So you, you would expect that by the end, they're not going to be BFS for, for too long. Uh, so I hope that by the end, I think it'll be one of those, again, a gray area where we can sit there and say, well, Superman should kind of be able to accept this, but he won't. Because he's Superman's, Eric. And you, that's you mean Lex they're not going to have a long relationship of him being Cordy Starling going to Hannibal Lecter for help against Buffalo Bill? I don't think so. I don't think at all. I, I mean, at one point, I think that Lex, ju- maybe Lex just wants a buddy. And, and Superman's like, you know, and what Poor Lex mercy. needs to do if he was, you know, smart as he says he is, is kill Batman first. Because he's always going to get in the way. You're always going to be the third wheel. Kill that Batman, Eric. Just like those na- assholes we're talking about. Batman's the best. And get him, you know, take him down. But overall, this was okay. I've still had fun. I'm telling you, I'm all on board by the end with Jimmy Olsen's, you know, love for uh, Silver Banshee. And I can't wait to see what happens, especially if we have to intertwine that with a Marilyn Moonlight, who I don't care about in the slightest. But if we get there, hopefully we can have some fun with it. It's just the big story lets me down, but the art's so amazing throughout. And I have this fun bits here and there to the point of the conclusion where I'm like, I can't wait to see what happens next. And I still have to give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a 7 5. I'm st- and I, I could even go, if somebody sat there and tried to convince me, since I don't care as much about this changing, and I might be you know, kind of interested, but it, the problem is, is the idea of the kryptonite changing them. Oh, we th- that seems very clever, but it gets real simple on the page. You know, Silver you Banshee, you know, and Silver Banshee is spitting out, you know, concepts. So what are we going to get next? You know, pick any other of these deals. And really, in the background of this, I want to see more Cyborg Superman. I want to see some of these other crazy characters, not just, you know, pharma and a farm and graph making these. So those pill headed, you know, guys, they're kind of neat at the beginning. <laughs> oh, pill heads. They were kind of funny. But yeah, I'm going to go seven. Like their own personal aim troops. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like that. At, at points, though, you got to watch because at an angle, they'll look like a red hood. Well, that's the thing. Like they almost come off like when they 20 years ago when Alexis first hit the streets and these are the big bads doing nefarious work to homeless people and experimentation. They have little goons who always come off like Venture Brother goons. Yeah, they do. But that's fun. I think that, no, that's I think that Joshua Williamson is trying to he's trying to grab a little Silver Age kind of fun in this. But I don't know. Some of the story Silver seems like it, it should be bigger, you know, than than that. But we'll see how it works out. But speaking of Silver Age fun, we'll go to the next book. Batman Superman World's Finest number 15. I'm wondering what you're going to think of this, Eric. Written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora, Tamara Bonvalon, block to Steve Wands. I, I really like the the tone of this book. It's a lot of fun. This issue might have too much being thrown at me. <laughs> it really overwhelmed me at points of how no, many crazy things are going on. And I love Dan Mora's art, but even then, 
because of the amount of things happening at points it kind of overwhelmed me a bit even looking at a page and that does you know i get overwhelmed easily eric i have problems but i think that there's a point where there's a fun a lot of fun and maybe too much fun and this almost gets to that too much fun in my mind though all these characters a lot of like they're your deal like in my Except mind for a lot the of challenge of the unknown yeah but even that like that's the thing you get the doom patrol we've already had him in the book you get yeah. the t- team t- okay when you hit the challengers that's when i thought oh god like who could be next like there's way too many going on <laughs> well red tornado showed up i'm like yes and then he's gone a lot no. of this ends up where it seemed like it you know made for you you have the metal men Where'd and then they actually come out but yeah so you have this whole robot deal then you're getting you know just crazy amount of characters when they're captured so at one point i did feel a little overwhelmed but it is pretty fun and it it's the place to be for a lot of these characters i laughed though because a lot of times you've said we already had amalgam suits and a lot of times you say well that's just to get these action figures down the line or whatever and batman shows up with the metal men armor <laughs> like, i wonder if eric's gonna like that because it's the metal men but it's it's something you're against i'm a nitpicky son of a bitch when you have things like this like even when we had the i think it was the beginning of uh the first metal maybe when you had all of those mecha things come together to become the justice league mecha stuff like that i, I usually find that silly nonsensical but we can even say stupid at times and i don't need this like when you have the idea where we left previous issue where Batman found the metal men in molten vats being like pretty much killed right there, and then we show up here with the idea that he saved them, they're all wrapped around him, and they're all combined together like they've become alloy, but just like, you know, uh, armor mm-hmm. around Batman. Like, fuck, I mean, that's almost kind of cool. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why, why <laughs> do I have to cool, give in the nonsense? It doesn't last very long because even Batman's like, this is pretty cool, guys, but we need to attack on all fronts. Metal men assemble, like, you know, disassemble, and they all go out and everybody starts attacking. The Ultra Mazo and not the. <laughs> what did you want to call it? The Meta Mazo? Is that what the you want Meta Mazo is what it should be called because it's a an android form of a Mazo meets met- a Metamorpho. So why wouldn't it be Meta Mazo? Instead, we get. No, it's Ultra Morpho. I'm like, ah, oh, ah, oh, Ultra Morpho. That's a terrible name. It was funny that as it was going on, I kept trying. Did he say. Meta Mazo or was it Mazo? I'm like, I think it was Meta Mazo. Is that what you flows. call an android form of, of Metamorpho? That's what you do. Why is it not here? Ultra Morpho. Ultra Morpho. And so what you're getting is a lot of. It's a lot of fan service. It's a lot of it characters is. getting thrown at you. It's a lot of. And what you get you know, out of all of this with the mystery, the mystery that we had with the you know the death of Simon Stagg, who killed him, getting Metamorpho involved, Batman being framed for all this, the idea that Simon Stagg's body was actually an android duplicate. Everything we've led to this turns out it's all this gigantic plan of having a robot uprising all at once, all across the world, putting all of our heroes at risk, and while they're just dealing with new mazo and everything that he's building along the way did you like the metamorpho superman suit did you did you like that one or the i don't mind metamorpho wrapping around superman to give him a lead suit that works for me for especially with what we have going on with the kryptonite because of ultra morpho were you happy to see ultivac you got that <laughs> there's so many things that are in this issue that it, it just was it, it was overwhelming to me though i did get a, a kick out of all the people who are imprisoned 
and all the crazy things going Toy on. Toy Man, like the, Dr. Cyber, the Bug-Eyed bug bandit. bandit. I mean, you're not going to get the Bug-Eyed Bandit that, that much, but when no. you end up having Dr. Cyber, like anybody who's involved with cybernetics or AI along those lines are being kidnapped, pretty much reprogrammed to do the bidding of New Mezo. And why, why, why I was worried about whether you liked this or not was mainly because a lot of these characters in this book, this is just personal to me, but a lot of these characters in this book, I have had you talk more about them than I've actually read about them yeah. because they haven't been around in since we started the podcast. You don't get a lot of Bug-Eyed Bandit or Dr. Cyber or even the Metal Men. We haven't had too much of them. Were the robots the awesome threesome that the Titans are taking care of right now? All of this, and you almost get to the point that if you are excited or love these characters, these type of deals, you have to be sitting there thinking like, ooh, is this guy, like, I'm, in, I'm not in the know, so I'm not sitting there thinking it, but... When you have these amount of characters show up in one book, it's usually an event book or like a free comic yeah. book day that is the precursor to an event that's coming up. Where you have something like that's actually affecting the world like this, you have all hands-on-deck situations where all of these characters can coexist in one comic, and it makes itself feel big, but the overall story and how it's being presented, it's It's, it's more it's, of the pomp and circumstance much. than actually the whole story... And what's going on, that's kind of taking second fiddle to the, you know, oh, my God, the wow oh, factor wow. of these characters. And I, I think that the wow factor does work out a lot. But when you sit there, I think that it is a little smoke and mirrors to kind of get past the idea that the whole big story isn't really that much. The robot uprising. It's the biggest story ever. And I love the idea you said it. It does, it does feel like an event, which is kind of cool in a book that is in the past, is a little, you know, a little loose with the continuity. So it doesn't affect anything, but that no. also allows you to do this. It also allows you to have something this big and fun. And yeah, why does this one issue feel like more of an event than the whole Dark Crisis altogether? I mean, it really, it really does. does to a degree. And the thing is, if you wanted to, honestly, if you were the writer of this book, like a Mark Wade, you can make this shit last forever in the series because all the individual stories that are taking place right now, like with the Doom Patrol or Robot Man's being taken over, as well as Mechanic, you know, this, these robot enemy. But when you have the Teen Titans fighting the awesome threesome, over there, you can do a story over there. We can have an entire issue of the Teen Titans doing that. You have Supergirl taking on Chemo. I'm like, I could deal with an entire issue of that. When all of this is going on, and then we could eventually, everybody gets together when they're defeated, the, you know, robotic bad guy, we could all converge, take on the new Mezo. Well, one of the things, and it's kind of funny that you mention it, I mean, one of the things coming down the line will be that world's finest Teen Titans book that's going to be yeah. set in this thing. So that shows you. I mean, he does have some really cool stuff. To tell, and I hope that well, I, you know, will, that's I will tell you fun. this. I say you can do that. I don't. I, I can't say that the the awesome threesome versus the Teen Titans is maybe as cool as a Supergirl versus Camo. But like when you have the awesome threesome coming, I'm like, all right, you just don't want to blow your load with all the big robot names right away. I got you. You're, you're freaking pasting yourself. You throw these out there for, but then we'll get you with Camo. We'll get you with Red Tornado. We'll get you with all of these characters. Really get you going. Yeah, and so. By the end of it, it it's just fun. It, it really is fun. Now, I said it before, like all the books coming out in their dawn of DC, I hope that it would at least have the fun factor that this book has. But one of the other things that this book has that does kind of lessen it a bit is this doesn't really matter. And that's one of the biggest things, it right? It, it, what are you talking fun. about? This book led to Lazarus Planet. That mattered, Jim. Exactly. We get City Boy out of that. Yeah, well, we will. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but with all this, that's the that's the good and the bad of it. 
You can do whatever you want and have a now, ton of fun. Because of what we set up this issue down the line, so we can open a crate, you know, how many years down the line from, like, you know, to our current day is from this is, and say, holy shit, I just found the, the deactivated new Mazo. Uh, well, we could. Or you could have Batman. He's like, man, you know, I better stop this in the future. I'm going to make this thing a Cobra, right? And do that. Uh, who knows what you could do, but it's fun. Better keep tabs on that bug-eyed bandit. The thing is that I like about it is Mark Wade has a lot of fun. Yeah. And and Dan Morris art's great, but he's he's having so a good. lot of fun in a way that like here's here's you, Eric Shea. I don't hear you saying, this Well, man. how could this be happening? Because later on that happens. <laughs> is that he, what I sound like? <laughs> my it, it's exactly what you sound Damn like. It. Well, how could this happen? If you and so that it's not really affecting anything, even down the line, like you could say, well, if he did this, why would this happen later on in the deal? Because it's just its own thing, and he's having fun with it. But boy, yeah, it it looks so good. It looks pa- so paging, good. Paging through right now, like I said, you could do all these, like you know, pan the story out forever. We have all these individual issues dealing with it. I also don't need the challenge of the unknown versus Ultivac. Yeah, well, I think that's the joke. It's fun. I'm telling you, you could have. You have one page where this is going on just showing the scale of the robot uprising, and it's fine. But I'm like, I'm playing all these games in my head with all the things you could do to actually, like, you know, pan this story out if you wanted to. You know, if you wanted to. And I'm like, I don't really need to see all this going on over here. What's Red Tornado up to now that he's been taken over? I'm sitting there, and then they pan off to little Jimmy Werner fighting with 3XL. Yeah, I'm there, and I, I don't know the answers to these things. Oh, no. Like Teddy Ruxpin's rebelling. Holy shit. Yeah, there's you. But Teddy Oh no! Uh, but I do even like the deal. Like again, this is a lot of hey, we're in trouble. Let's do this, pow, pow. Okay, everybody, unite. You know, or disassemble, as you say, metal men disassemble. They go and fight, and then you end up though through that. You do have a, a really kick-ass Dick Grayson, who's like, fuck this, like I'm stepping up. And at points where Metamorpho's kind of being a, not a dick, he wants to get back in the fight. But Dick Grayson has to say to him, you know, shut your mouth for a minute. I'm going to tell you how this is going to go down. And does say, hey, I see this. Batman's still alive, so we got to lay low a bit. Let's get a plan together. I like the plan. We need a plan. And Metamorpho goes, we're going to get a plan. I'm going to go kick some ass. And he's like, no, no, no. No, Rex, calm down, you hothead. I do like seeing, you know, Dick Grayson stepping up and being a really good character by himself. It, it it's really, really is good. cool, especially because of how much I love this era of Teen Titans and you know Dick Grayson as Robin. The one standout feature in all this, I'm not sure if everybody picked up on because you are you've given so much. I'm telling you, it's just thrown at you with all these different robots. Is maybe this overall is a metal men story because with all this going on, the metal men aren't affected. The response ometers that Doctor Magnus made for him is allowing them to remain autonomous outside of the control here of New Mazo. So I'm like. Is this truly just a metal man story at heart, like a metal men story at heart, where we show why these characters are better than everybody else who might be robotic or cybernetic? And one of the things, and I'm I'm glad that you started talking about the metal men there, like you, you always drone on, Eric. But the yeah, idea, but- when I'm reading this too, and it's something that you said, and I said it too, but you really were saying it a lot, maybe too much during the, maybe. <laughs> you know, during the Brave and the Bold when we were talking about that. On the Patreon spotlight when you said, well, I heard a Brave and the Bold and I thought, oh, man, this will be cool. Yeah. Classic Batman team ups. It's almost as if Mark Wade ended up saying, well, if they're not going to do it in a Brave and the Bold deal, somebody's got it. And I'm going to really go for it here because. And put the Mega Mix on. 
I'm telling you, the Mega Mix is on. And yeah, you end up, and that's that's a good name too. I like that you said Mega Mix. I might put that in the in the <laughs> uh, the title. But the idea, well, I gotta write that down. The idea, though, like this is the fun that we expected from, say, a Brave and the Bold book, and you're getting it here, and you're getting it in spades. I mean, holy moly, I'm, nobody. If you ended up having your bingo card, which we we actually have one going on, I think it's Zach Walker that has the bingo card. If he had Ultivac showing up as one of the things, I mean, if you have that on your bingo card, you never thought you're going to hit that square. And even when or the challengers and things like that, well, yeah, if you're if you're concerned with Ultivac, you got a lot of problems there. Uh, Ultivac is like I made the Roomba because he's the Ultivac. I get it there, but you end up where all this is fun. Sadly, it is, <laughs> it's a little overwhelming. So when you get down to the nitty gritty of the story. I think some of it actually gets lost in the shuffle by the end to just end up having new Mazo. I am new Mazo. Where you actually have a Mazo who's working like under new Mazo. And the cool thing about, you know, new Mazo is that he is the android that was built by Magnus and Ivo. He is superior to all of the other robots because the two genius minds work together to build him. And now he says, I don't need anybody no more. I'm going to build my own empire because I'm new Mazo. Not no Ultramorpho. New Mazo. No. <laughs> it's funny as you go down the line, it's like everything keeps being aha. It's I've oh, it's not I've aha. It's my, oh, it's not me. Like you keep going thing, down to get that new Mazo. The one thing that I always wanted to see come out, and I don't think it ever was, is when we had Jeff Johns start out the Justice League series in the New Fifty Two, right? And we had Cyborg being created for that series, like you know the the uh, the origins, you know, issues leading up to the War with Dark Side, where he becomes Cyborg. And in the processes of Doctor Silas Stone, built, you know, pretty much rebuilding his son, you had the uh, Amazo operating system there, but you also had the B Mazo. Like I always wanted to see what the B Mazo was. Yeah, but I wanted the C Mazo. If this is what I wanted, you're more of D Mazo. But <sighs> yeah, but by, by the end, and it's funny too because they they're all there, and then. You know, you end up having Superman wake up and they're actually trapped. They have collars on and that's where you get all those other characters. And I thought that was really cool because you do keep thinking, okay, well, it's... Stop talking about things. You're going to hurt you and if then, you keep boom, talking. Yeah. And that was pretty cool, too. And then by the end, I don't know. The, the ending with New Mazo, I'm like, all right, I, I don't know that I'm having as much fun with New Mazo <laughs> as I was having fun with everything else, but... We'll see how it goes forward. It's it's really because new Mazo just just looks like a Mazo. Yeah, that the problem is is that, and then at the end though, you end up having Robin zipping around in the Batmobile, and he's going to crash into a wall. Eric, he's coming to the brick wall. So no, oh, Dead what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. And you know, we even get to see a young Wally West. Oh, my Eric, but what would you get? What would you give this? I'm telling you, the art looks great in this book, and I like all the little call-outs. It might be too much too soon for what we're dealing with, with just the new Mazo being the final face of what the the like the situation is. It's a little underwhelming for everything we throw at us, but it's cool because it's still an Amazo situation, and the idea of an Amazo itself, and versus a Batman Superman, that's really cool and also very threatening, especially with all the other heroes involved who you can, if you're going to suck powers from, they're all here to come to like to the rescue at some point. It, it's still overwhelming. Give it a 7.5 out of 10. I'm having a lot of fun with this, but it just might be too much fun for my little brain to handle. <laughs> I'm giving it an 8. I, I was overwhelmed this way. But I keep saying, and one of the big things that Jimmy Boy wants, Jimmy Boy just wants to have fun. Yeah. And this was fun. I mean, it really was a lot of fun. And enough substance. Like, it's not one of those where we do get books where, I mean, say a, teen, say, say a teeny Howard is trying to have fun. 
in the Harley book, but that's a complete fucking mess, right? So I do appreciate when somebody can have a ton of fun this like this. This might have been an eight if it was Meta Mezzo. <laughs> that would have been if you would have had that personal deal. Come on up to an eight. I'm a Maybe jerk. The, the thing, again, maybe you should give it an 8 just to prove to people that you like to have fun. fun. But Ain't nothing wrong with a 7.5. The fun, and when we talk about this, and we, we talk about it a lot, but I don't know how much, but we talk about the idea of the gut feeling. And yeah. when you get that gut feeling, like you had the gut feeling in that Superman, where you ended up getting upset. Oh, man, I wanted these characters, but they're twisting and turning them around. So that's going to affect that gut feeling. For me, it's usually either if I cry or if I laugh and then smile, because those are two emotions I rarely have, Eric. So when I do Not get the crying, when that happens all the time, well, that that's more of crying because I can't laugh, Eric. But still, uh, you're like just, a joker. All I'm doing here is just it's a the cry man who for don't help smile is so what much. I'm crying for, and nobody will. I sit here every week trying to get you to help me. What the hell am I supposed to do? What am I, a genie in a bottle? You fucking go you get rub me you a cheesesteak right or something. <laughs> Maybe you can rub you. I don't think you can rub me the wrong way if, if we really get down to it, right? What the that hell is, is even that? With all of that, I did have a lot of fun. A little overwhelmed, a lot of fun. Eight out of ten for me. But we'll go to the next book, and I, I ended up saying already that I was really worried about this book and what you would think of at the beginning. You, you tried to resist while we were doing the Patreon spotlight at the end. I said, come on. We can get a reaction from you, a live reaction. You're like, I'm not going to do that. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I wish I, sh- I should have pulled the clip because then all of a sudden I'm still talking. You go, oh, what the fuck? You start scared. I'm like, oh, you did. You went and looked at it because the hell why? Is even this? Why? <laughs> why did they do it, Eric? That, that's ridiculous. What I don't the understand. Hell is even that? But what are we talking about? Titans number one, written by Tom Taylor, with art by Nicholas Scott, Annette Kwok, and Wes Abbott. And we are starting our new era where a world without a Justice League where the Titans are stepping up to be that Justice League, but not name, but this the idea of the power they represent. All of our Titans are now growing up. So now it's time to put the team together and figure out what it is that the Titans are going to do in this book going forward outside of facing the biggest threats. But sadly, Hershey starts out with, out of nowhere, I, I don't know who would have had this on their goddamn bingo card. You start with a bang, Jim, not a whimper. <laughs> it's a, you start with a bang as Wally West is shot in the back. And it has a few seconds left since he's the fastest man alive to get his priorities in order to say I love you to his family and try to leave a note behind to the Titans while he is about to be killed. And I'm like, because that's the game. That's the game we were playing on. You know, you had read this beforehand. The game we were playing on the Patreon spotlight was, hey, who's your favorite Titan your in favorite the roster? Titan? So I'm like, oh, Wally West is. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, really? Well, I hope you like this issue. And then I tried to. I I really thought for some reason. That you like Tempest more than you did. I thought that was going to be your second, but that's not as bad. No. But when you start off the deal, did it did it feel like Wally got shot in the back, or did it feel like more DC stabbing you in the back? <laughs> Which one was it? Because here's Honestly, the problem: is it happens too often. Yeah, obviously, it's happened. Yeah, too often. We ended up at the beginning of people forget too. Because really, they think of heroes in crisis. Oh my God, they made Wally the poster child of rebirth. They made him a killer. Before that, when the Titan series started out right after the Rebirth special and Wally coming back, they they made the motherfucker have a heart condition where he was going to have some problems. Like, they never could just leave him alone. They didn't just do that. They actually had Deathstroke go back in time with the Speed Force and have Damian Wayne stab Wally West to give him a heart condition in the past somehow to retroactively give him one. They never can just leave him alone, and you end up leave having a... Leave him alone! Yes, you really... Well, why leave Wally you? alone! <laughs> 
oh, it's like Britney. You end up with all of this going on. It's like, what? You get the, here's the funny play. I can say to you, Eric, as a huge Wally West fan, that this is a compliment. They're showing you well, that the they know that this is where you'll get the emotions, but it, it happens too much. It look, just look, Wally too says much. he's a goner. He knows his fate is sealed. He has things he has to do, but he uses the cosmic treadmill before he dies. We know by the end of this issue that he is leaving a message behind for the Titans, which says, solve it. You know, they, Dick realizes there's blood on the floor. He knows the tread marks of like Wally's boots. He realizes what's going on. Wally, as far as I know, he put himself inside the Speed Force like he was previously to keep himself alive for them to like yeah. you know, come up with situation. And now it's cosmic horror. I don't, I don't know if that's how it's going to be, like playing off of what happens here into that, or if this is going to be its own thing for the Titans to solve, or somewhere down the oh, line. I think they may Wally's solve timeline. down the line. I think they need to explain why but he's not around. I don't believe that Wally's dead. No, I think that his spirit or whatever you call it, his soul or whatever, is in the Speed Force. I think that his he body's has in used the Speed that. Force too. No, because they find the body at the end, I thought. He's laying there dead. Is he lying there? For some reason, I didn't think he was there. Yeah, he's laying there. It's, you know, he's just laying on the floor. They end up, it's funny, because they look up and like, oh my god, but yeah, you have Dick Grayson check his pulse, and Raven say he's gone. I think it's... Was I just you doing copium and not looking at things when I got to the end? I, I think that the idea... Yeah, there's Wally. <laughs> yeah, I had to actually look. I'm like, did I actually see... No, I think that you have to kind of explain you, why. I saw all the solvents on the screen. I'm like, all right, he's he's still out there. Just look at the screen. Don't look anywhere else. Yeah, I think I think they'll solve it when he, when he gets done this cosmic car nonsense. I don't know. It, it might be that. It might be something else. But we'll see. But the idea of it, whatever yeah. Wally did in the cosmic treadmill, he sent himself somewhere for something to happen. So down the line, it will help the Titans figure out what's going on here because somebody snuck up behind the fastest man alive and shot him in the back somehow, point blank. And I need to know how this shit goes down. Yeah, yeah, and that's a crazy mystery to set up, whether or not you think it's, you know, deserved or if Wally deserves it or See, his fans. That's one thing. My but it is a really s- intriguing mystery. Oh, it's a hell of a mystery. I'm telling you, my gears are spreading to the point. All right, he just set himself in the speed force like he was lost before to save himself. And <laughs> his body's lighting right here. But I'm like, and, <laughs> and it's going to be like what Tom Taylor did with the with the Phantom Zone in the Injustice series when Superboy was dying. We put him in here so he wouldn't die again. And we had all this going. And it's all wow. There's his body, Eric. No. Yeah, well, there's his body. I, this is the worst. Like, it'd be great. You end up, he his spirit is caught in the speed force. So he's not going to die. But all of a sudden, you see Linda. Yep, Wally always wanted to be cremated. Oh, no! You can't do that! We need the body! What, we, what we're going to do is we're going to say he, he used the cosmic treadmill to go into the Speed Force to go back in time to find one of his duplicates that he killed when in Heroes in Crisis. the hero No, the Hero in Crisis one that was in the past that he kept killing when he went back in time to go and do that stuff. He grabbed that one before he could kill that, brought his dead, or actually after he could, brought his body back here, shot him in the back, all the awful things that you thought Wally West did in Heroes of Crisis, he's doing to himself here. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, but when Wally's we... not dead, and I don't it's like it. It's just a weird play. It's, it's a hell of a way to start an issue. The thing is, I don't like it because I'm a stupid fanboy, but I will tell you this. It gets your attention, and you have to keep reading up this as far it as does, I'm concerned. but it's just a shame that it keeps being Wally. If it was somebody else, I think it would actually hit harder. Like, like, like who? Like a Batman? No, like a Dick Grayson. <laughs> Or a Beast Boy, or, you know, mm. Raven. I mean, the idea of one of the Titans, funny if it was Tempest, but you end up, because it's well, you just sit there and say, oh, here we go again first. Then you can sit back and say, okay, that is intriguing. This would be something that they'd want to solve. I get it. But then we go off to the regular issue, and 
I, I said in my video review, and I've talked to some people about this, I even said that I was worried about it before this issue even came out, that I was worried that this issue wouldn't have the spark or the freshness that some of these other Dawn of DC books would have because they've been featured so much in the Nightwing book. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like that's how I felt by the end of this. I do, you know, I, I'm glad there's a Titans book, but it didn't feel as new or fresh as some of the others because we've had them. And, you know, Tom Taylor is going to have the recruiting. They're going to go around. So not much happens in the issue overall. But what we do get does have that Tom Taylor feel of, I hope that this book is the one that has actually some forward progress more than we get in most oh, of his other boy. books, but it feels we, like that. We already got some forward progress because Beast Boy has two eyes again. He grew it back, Jim. He's not wearing the eye patch that you hated so much. Because you always end up, like, you don't know what's coming down the line. I always do the solicits podcast and things like that. But when you end up having Beast Boy get out of bed, he's got two eyes, and then you get the editor's note for the story behind Beast Boy's eye healing. See Tales of the Titans number four. That's fine and dandy. That doesn't come out till the end of October. October. This well, isn't like we you get mad ball. when it's two weeks. <laughs> this is months. It's almost half a year that we have to wait for this. I think he just fucked up. I just think he didn't realize and he just did it. So they're like, oh, we better shove that in later in October. We're going to continue with that idea later on because we do have Peacemaker in this issue. And that man is making the goddamn rounds of DC Comics. He's but it seems that he's also working for Amanda Waller. And I... We saw Amanda Waller show up in Tom Taylor's Nightwing book, and it really just seems like everything that we did with Amanda Waller and Earth 3 and her, you know, just She might still be squad, hanging there. I don't know. I, it, it feels like it's completely thrown out the window, and we just have, it's you know, weird. status quo Amanda Waller back, and all of the other stuff we dealt with, it just me- meant nothing. Yeah, and we're but moving some on. of the stuff is weird because you have, you have in Green Arrow, you got to find Waller. She knows what. Like, there's some weird plays. Waller's coming up all over the place without actually seeing her. Peacemaker, he's never been well, we, bigger. We did see Amanda Waller in Nightwing. Yeah, I'm just saying overall, and even when that happened, we were confused about what the deal was, and, and some of these things where she just keeps popping up, but we'll have to see how this is. But right now, there really isn't a suicide. It's it's very weird. It's very weird with the stuff. And there was somebody who got mad at the idea that you would have Peacemaker Peacemaker working for Waller. Well, he's also working for, like, what, General Blanche and Doom, uh, Doom Patrol. And just the president here as well, and there's a lot of crazy shit going on. But even so, you end up where Tom Taylor went on Twitter and was kind of making fun of people. He actually was like, oh, oh so it was me, people, wasn't it? <laughs> no, they're like, some people, they think that Raven and Beast Boy aren't a couple. Well, they don't know the Titans. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like that's the deal. But he seems like he's trying to now convince us of it when he was almost making fun of people not knowing that. And here you have it. And I'm telling you, with the Wally stuff and then the Beast Boy Raven stuff in that, that's almost half the issue. That's like eight pages that, to me, really don't serve well, much it, it at feels, all. It feels so weird because I'm telling you, in Raven's previous like solo outings, she was like a high school teenager living with her aunt's family and stuff like that. And Beast Boy is constantly de-aged to the point where he almost seems like he's it's okay for the way he acts. He's just a teenager, not a dirty, creepy old man. But like when we have it here, this does seem like an upgrade to the point where, okay, we're not going to kid these fuckers up anymore because essentially they are the Justice League, even though we're calling it Titans. So we do have them in an adult relationship, and they both feel like the characters themselves have matured, which I can appreciate, except for Raven's haircut, because I can't stand that. But beyond that, I like these two and how they act here. I 
I don't mind how they act. I just don't know why you're using this many pages and panels to convince people there are a couple when everybody knows that anyway. And if you're not down with that, then you're just going to have a problem with it. But you end up having these bunch of pages and, and there's nothing to it. It's just Beast Boy gets up. I still have these flashbacks of getting shot. Oh, I'm in my underwear. I'll go off. Then you have again when they're in front of Titan's Tower. Oh, my God. You know, I love you and you accept me for what I am. I'm like, okay, we get it. Let's move on. I want to actually get some, you know, I kind of like that bit, too, because you have all of this press outside of Titan's Tower for when they're going to enter the whole, like, the Titan's Tower for the first time as this new team put together to be essentially, like I said, the Justice League. And they they break what they're doing and actually start. That is so against what you normally would see a Raven do. It does that's feel like fine. a fine. I just though. think that what we're gonna get that that's fan service. She's found something. Jim. It's a hundred percent fan, but she already had him. And and even so, yeah, with where? all this, with all this, well, that's what he's saying, and that's what you're doing anyway. So the idea yeah, of all where? this. Well, I'm asking you where we're gonna get some story because I think that this book is gonna be bullshit like this constantly. Of hey, look, Cyborg. He's man and machine, and and we're never no, going to no, get anything. We, we have the own cyborg series to deal with all the cliches of freaking because Victor we Stone. didn't dive into all the. Well, I think we're just going to go through. We're going to get those tales of the titans coming up later. I think that that's all this book's going to end up being, and kind of was leaked a little spoil that the Justice League's coming back soon. Well, of course, it's the Justice League, and you have Justice League versus Titans. Well, then, yeah. So I, I want more than just, I mean, this is the shit that we've been getting in the Nightwing book for half a year now, even maybe more of, man, they're great and they like each other. Okay, well, let's get going. You go up and talk to Garth and he yeah. says no, but even then, it, it like, I don't no, know no, what I, it I, is. I, the thing is, I like that a bit of that because we have the idea what you want to have the Titans together. Garth has been hanging around, you know, in the Teen Titans Academy book. He's been around a bit to the point where and Nightwing would want him because he's an original Teen Titans member. He says he's working with somebody right now and they've got a lot of the stuff in the ocean to take care of. He can't do like, what, 29% of the Earth that the rest of the Titans are going to deal with. So Garth's out. We can't get him. You know, Donna's like, look, I could be persuasive. I'll go talk to Garth once again. When the idea is that he's working with somebody, and then later on we have an attack against a nuclear power plant with somebody who was able to get Titano to do it. Peacemaker's talking about there's somebody out there who's doing all of this stuff and trying to cause all this mass destruction. I do think it's going to tie back to who Garth is working for and be a bigger story overall with all the little elements that we have here. I just thought that they're going to end up having an Aquaman book and Garth will just be in that. We'll have to see. I mean, you kind of figure that maybe that's who he's working with. I even thought, like, what the fuck is Aquaman doing now? We haven't really seen him much since he came back. So it's a weird play, but good for you, Aquaman. Good for you. If you like the Nightwing book, I think you'll like this just as much. There's nothing wrong with this book. I still think this like, it's the way it's like presented. I think it's like more substance with the character that they ever did in the Nightwing book. I think that that's, I, when you go to Garth and he has to sit there and like, well, you guys are fighting on the surface. Don't you know that the oceans die a little bit every day? That's just Atlantean talk. That's all they ever spout. But then we get to Peacemaker. We want you to join with the president. We're not going to be overseen by the government because it's all the same shit. This the is his surface level bullshit. This is all he does. That's all we get in this. It's his little, oh, look, I'm going to show that the Titans, they don't like to be ruled by the U.S. government. And it's not even that I care. It's just that it's so surface level and in your face that I'm like, I don't need this shit. I just want to see him going doing stuff. Because the best part is when they're fighting Titano and, you know, you end up having Beast Boy turn into this crazy Tamaranian kaiju. kaiju. That's fun. Let's have that. But then you just keep going back to this. 
pretty much. And even when you have Titanic's making the rounds this week, too. Yeah. The other thing about Garth, though, that gets me upset in that, not upset, but he's like, you know, I really do like what you've been doing in Blood. What the fuck has he been doing in Bloodhaven? He's let a, no, he's let a serial killer go. He hasn't stopped him. He's yelling about prisons being overcrowded, yet tore down the prison to make Titan's Tower. Plus, there's a homeless children, so he made a fucking skate park and gets half-priced pizza. He's done shit. I don't care how many people say it. He's done nothing for Bloodhaven. You tell me where all those prisoners that he let out of the prison in issue number 100, where the fuck are they? Because I think they're just rooting. Well, I rooting. just know that, like, I can't tell you where they went. You can't tell me that they weren't sent somewhere better. Better? He was yelling that there weren't enough prisons as it was, and he tore one down to make Titan's Tower. I mean, that's the thing that Tom Taylor ends up, he wants to signal, but he never gives you anything past it. The billions of dollars of Dick Grayson that and his mouth of Pennyworth. He has been doing good work in Bloodhaven to the point where people want Dick Grayson dead for all the good work that he's been doing. Yeah, and you know what he's been doing? Throwing money at the problem, which Tom Taylor also has the book go against, but yet there he is. That's all he's doing. This is how you do it right, Bruce. But he's not solving the problem. <laughs> I mean, making a skate park and, and have, you know, George Perez there's, serve there's pizza m- with Marv Wolfman isn't solving the problem. There's more to the Haven than just a skate park. What else is there? There's a statue the- of Alfred. There's yeah. a bunch of food trucks and a skate park. That's it. There's nothing else there. They they say it all. It's nonsense. So again, Starfire feels the you're weirdest never going to get this substance. There's, there's nothing really for her to do in this. Like she shoots a, star, a few star blasts at Titano, and that's it. Even like Cyborg does more in the fact that he's trying to contain a nuclear like you know fallout from this like place. Like Cyborg doesn't have a lot going on, which I can say is kind of okay because his book came out the same day this week. But he has more going on than Starfire, which is crazy. Like, you're putting a team together, and maybe we What's will What's Donna Troy doing except hanging around with Nightwing to go get Well, Garth she feels either. like a second-in-charge kind of situation where she is, you know, the Just voice of reason and what's going on. Just because she went on that recruitment. On. But yeah. I think that what we're getting, and this is, again, and I'm sure people are like, why is he so mad at this one issue? It's I don't not know. bad. But it's not good. I, I think it's just. I think it's pretty it. good. I think it's just Tom Taylor bullshit again. We're never going to get any progression in any of his books. And he, maybe this one will shock me. But the reason why we're not getting Starfire, Donna Troy, and Cyborg a lot is because I think then we'll have the next issue of, oh, Cyborg, how are you? And then we'll have to deal with. I, I just don't see an overall story besides the idea of let's see what happened to Wally. That's interesting. Well, and also, who's you know weaponizing things like Titano to just destroy like the uh, the uh, the world, and that might be a problem. For some reason, I I really don't care about that. Here's here's what peace here's what peace makes us. Unknown forces are attempting to cause enormous ecological damage to the world. We believe this monkey was weaponized. Now I think we should shut you down by. But the president would like you to work for the U.S. government. I I don't know. And then you know, then they have to rant and rave about how. They're not part of the government, and they're not even American. I just it all ends up with. Well, I wouldn't want to work with Peacemaker either. He's a piece of crap. Well, no, but the idea of you know we're not going to do that, so shove it. I I think that what you'd normally get in this situation, and, and if it was a real life deal, is the president now announcing they're done. They can't be a thing, but you won't get that in this because all this is is to signal. Oh man, that Dick Grayson and the Titans, they ain't taking no shit from the government, and then you move on. Everything's always forgotten in the deal. Yeah, you might have Peacemaker being a bit of a villain in the background, but even so, Cyborg says, Yeah, but it's just, I don't know. I just didn't feel like any of this had any real substance, and it just feels like Nightwing Part 2 Electric Boogaloo. 
Him Wally being that, but I always assume that it's because he has the solo And for some reason, with everything we set up right here, with somebody weaponizing Titano, the government not liking what the Titans are doing right now because they're not working for the government, the death of Wally West, next, Brother Blood. I'm like, oh, come on, Brother Blood's dead. Yeah, but even so, it's it's just, I think he's just going to play the greatest hits with this and try to get it. I just, I didn't feel any sort of, I really didn't feel, I act like, you know, or not act, but right now talking to you, I'm getting angry. I wasn't angry. When I read it, I just kind of was like, eh, eh, there we go. Not real excited about this, and it's not anything that would be on my pull list or anything like that because of, I mean, Tom Taylor's writing my favorite character, Nightwing, and I've gotten so bored. With the lack of progression in that, that and you know the John Kent stuff, same deal. And now with this, I'm like, eh, we'll see what goes on. And it's only one issue, but I just didn't feel, you know, the spark that maybe we would have had if we hadn't seen the Titans work together in the Nightwing book. It would have been is, like is something it more that more. they didn't say Titans together get you the feels really no, going. No, I didn't even <laughs> care. Uh, again, you're more <laughs> of a Titans fan than me, so I was looking to you know kind of get involved, but really didn't care. Either way, in this, I thought it was a bit of a dud. And just the, the people, you know, some of the Get Fresh crew <clears throat> that I talked about, and they kind of felt the same way. I mean, there's going to be people who like everything or not. It like feels it like there's whatnot, a, but... a bunch of story going on in the background here that I can't wait to see all come together as we continue on, because I do like the Titans. I like the idea that they're stepping up here, and I can't wait to see where that goes, even if Wally's dead and next issue is, for some reason, Brother Blood. But with that, I think the art looks great throughout, and I love seeing these characters together in the like the the place that they should have been a long time ago, in my mind, you know, right up there with the Just League, being the Just League themselves, I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a 6. And uh, I don't know, the art I do like, but some of the faces look really, they look scary. They look like eerie at points. Well, and that's I think a gigantic it's more, robotic ape, Jim. It's supposed to be scary. <laughs> I think it's some of the coloring in the actual faces that they, they just look weird. Uh, but overall, yeah, 6 out of 10 for me, and hopefully I'll get more involved if there's you know less fan service less signaling and more story going forward because this just feels like fan service and signaling through and through throughout but that's what a lot of the tom T- he used to be my favorite writer i mean he was one of if not my favorite writer for years and now it's not even on my list anymore i've really lost you know with it i ended up andrew and belfast ended up talking to me about it and he's like He's done with Tom Taylor. He said that this was like the last straw, that he just sees the same thing. And I guess maybe that's how I'm going in. You think it's a little different, but you also want some Titans and sure having do. them get their due. So we'll see. One of the things I do want to uh, say, the, the big fight with Titano was cool. And I, I mentioned to you off air about it. I'm glad that Tom Taylor shows you that the, you don't need a, oh, man, we got to figure out how to work as a team. They are a well-oiled machine, and they should be. Yeah, right. And it really does show that. That's what I really thought of all of it. I thought that that was the best part, just showing you that, boom, 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 they are ready for this. They have been ready for a while. And go, and that's where you see it not being told. It doesn't have to be the lip service like Garth saying, you've done great things in the blood. No, I kind of see that he didn't. But, yeah, that actually, to me, was cool. I know what you're waiting for. We need to have this story come to a head where we find out that Garth is working for somebody who's not up to put, like, you know, up to snuff, but Garth thinks he's doing really good work. <laughs> then battle it out. And once Garth realizes wrong, him joining the Titans finally, Tempest on the team, and Jim Werner, it will be down finally Maybe. as well. Now, what I need is a hot tub scene where Gar ends up turning into, like, a shark so he can get sus with girls. 
what we usually see, get, though. You this like is the worst Beast Boy. No, I like this Beast Boy. And I, like I said, I, I went about the Raven and Beast Boy. I like it. And I think that he writes them well. I just think that he focuses a little now, too much on that. Now say it like a that. little boy. I, like, <laughs> like, I like, like it. I like it. I, I just, at the end, I wanted more substance. I wanted to feel a little more fresh and fun. And I didn't well, get that. But, oh, my goodness. That was a weird start. But well, I'm sure glad was. that. I'm glad that you like it a little more than I do. If Wally wasn't dead and was just going around, could it have been like a nine for you, maybe? Like if he was doing some stuff? I'm just sitting there. We have one panel. I'm telling you, it's one of the biggest problems I have with the book overall. Wally is shot. Yes, he has a moment because he's the fastest man alive. He can get a lot done still. He runs to his house to tell his family that I love you. You have Irie and Jay there and Linda. Didn't see no little baby Wade, but... That's it. That's all you get, West family. And now your father's going off to die. I'm like, oh, that's so disappointing. Like, they have, like, you know, Jay and I, we are connected to the Speed Force. Couldn't they have, like, you know, connected right there in that moment and spent more time together? I know you, I know you can't do that because you have a Titans book and this is just your opening stinger, but shit. I kind of got the idea, too. It was like one of those weird plays that we're going to have a book where, yeah, everybody's in the clubhouse. But while he's at a family, he's over there. So, let's just he's kill a grown him man. You know, let's just kill him instead because he's not as fun as in the clubhouse at the honeycomb hideout. But here we go. <laughs> Back to the honeycomb hideout. Even by the end when I ended up seeing like, oh, like everything just was like, oh, more of this. Ah, oh, peacemaker. Oh, well, really? that kind of was with me. But I'll give it I'll give it its chance and we'll be doing all the issues. So I'm sure that I'll yeah. eventually enjoy it. But remember, at the beginning of, of Tom Taylor's Nightwing run, I gave a 10 out of 10. I was so fired up and so excited. I don't feel that spark anymore with his writing, but we'll see. Maybe he'll impress me. So we'll 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 see. We'll take bets there. But that's the end of the first section. We're going to go well, off right to now. Win. Well, well, yeah, I will. So I'll look at, you know, I'm one of those I like rig it so I can bet on the side. Mm, that'd be good stuff. But we're going to go off right now to some mail. All right, and it's time for the mail. And if you want to get involved with the mail and be a star like J Man and Eric Shea right here, hey. all you have to do is email us at weird science DC comics at gmail.com. If you forget that, it is in the show notes. I and do. we start with J Man. Who says, and both of these mails tonight are actually from last week. We didn't get to them because they were sent after we started recording. Nonsense. J-Man says, hey, Jim, what's up, Eric? What's up, J-Man? says, first, I wanted to say happy Mother's Day. So obviously, this is a little bit late to all the mothers out there. All you mothers out there. I will try to celebrate with my wife tomorrow because my mom is no longer here. That is unfortunate. Unless you have a mother like mine. Uh, Don't really care. That brain cancer is a bitch, yeah. It it is. It is. I was actually watching a video speaking of that of uh, Neil Pert last night, and they were talking about his brain cancer. It wasn't a, a fun watch, but I still watched it. Speaking of cancer, have you been watching okay. the new season of Superman and Lois? If not, I will just shut my mouth now and Good. refrain from spoilers. All right, I've never seen one second of it, so it wouldn't you should. spoil it's a good anything show, But I'm me. always like a season behind. I'm usually a season behind. How many seasons are there? Well, he just said, I think um, I think it's in the, I say that. I don't know where I am now because of how I caught up. I think well, there's I four seasons. Spot. Okay, I'm four I th- seasons I think, behind. I, 
I think I watched three seasons, but it might be only two. Okay. I'm still behind. It is interesting how the Superman and Lois creators are working in some serious issues that I don't think the comic books would dare do. It's not like DC throws any downer stories into any of their comic book series, like Clark returning with intense PTSD from being lost in some hellish dimension for years because time moves differently in that dimension. He's going to say later that he likes that Superman lost bullshit. Yeah. Not me. As much as I want to be fully invested in DC Comics, I just have so many reasons to enjoy the full experience from week to week. Again, after week, another week where image titles are on my coolest way out numbering the dc titles i love green lantern number one and the conclusion of star girl lost children yeah star girl was good yeah i did like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought the generation joker issue from the white knight universe should we What's call that? it the Murphyverse now i think he Have already been. does call that that he actually calls it himself it that. yeah it was decent uh I'm done with that. I, I haven't read anything in, in quite some time of the Murphy verse. It just didn't feel it just was the same old, same old to me. But I think Superman Lost is starting to pick up. I feel it's exactly where it was. And all the stuff that I cared about in that book we're not getting. I think it's it's exactly where it was. Boring as shit and and sciencey and nonsense. But that's it for DC Science. for me this week. I <laughs> science! Uh, from Image this week, I was happy to pick up The Ambassadors, which is a Mark Miller book, Eric, and it's pretty good. Right. Nemesis Reloaded, Eric, that is a Mark Miller book. Pretty good. Is that, a, is that about the monster from Resident Evil 3? It is not. It'd uh, be kind of cool. Stars. Terra, which I believe is a uh, Scott Snyder book. Spawn, Saga, Junkyard Joe, the, the Jeff Johns. I haven't been reading Terra. I'm not reading Spawn. I uh, some of these books I know are, are, you know, pretty big, but they're so far ahead in what I've been reading, like a saga and also Junkyard Joe. I read the first issue and treated it as a one shot. I really liked it, but I wasn't. Is that like the son of Junkyard Dog? Maybe. That'd be pretty cool. It's like, it's weird. It's the Junkyard Dog and Coco Beware, and they're raising the kid together for some reason. And the dog and the bird are both there? Yeah, exactly. Something epic, he says, is another one. I don't know what that is. And after Green Lantern 1 and Stargirl 6, I was more excited to read all seven image titles over the course of the last three days. I'm not a crazy binge reader before anything else. Well, Eric, I actually have been, I've been reading a lot of manga myself that I Have like. you? Some of the ones that I don't really like, but that's how it goes. With the Night Terrors, with a K, event mucking up the regular series for months, I am considering putting a pause on buying any DC books for those months unless it's not a tie-in in any way. And, yeah, there'll be stuff we'll like, those, you know, yeah. World's Finest. You're going to get that World's Finest Teen Titans deal. You're going to get the Brave and Bold if you like that. Just coming throughout that whole event. Yeah, some of the ones that aren't, like, necessarily in the full-out continuity and stuff like that will keep going. I think the Jeff John stuff continues. Do you know which titles may not be crossing over with this event? It's not. None of them are crossing over with the event. They are actually their own standalone titles. There's not like a, hey, this is continuing the Flash story by this and whatever. There'll be a Flash deal, but it's not. It's own contained Night Terrors theme. Every, all these books have two issues. They're just tie-ins of their own selves. So, if, you know, you don't have to get them or not. It's not going to be anything that you're going to miss. But if you want to enjoy it, you can. Until we all find out in September that, oh, my God, that Night Towers was the banger that we've been waiting for for decades. Exactly. Um, again, in September, you'll get back what to the Flash book with Cy Spurrier. You'll end up having the 
so Tom King, Wonder Woman, and then you'll get back to the other. Uh, most of the books are just going to kind of shut down for two months, which I think is a horrible idea, but they're going to do it. They do it a lot. They've done it before. But again, Damon, if you want to think of it, this is just convergence again, where you end yeah. up, okay, all the regular books shut down. You have these two, you know, two deal. What am I saying? Two shots. <laughs> trying to think these of what deals. you would call two books. Two shots. But yeah. And if you're not involved, I said to most people, if you, you know, if you're not that mad about it, whatever, maybe start out by reading the actual Night Terror's main book. And if you like that, then start adding some things in. There will be a book by good old uh, Dan Mora and Mark Wade stuff. I think Mark Wade and Dan Mora on one of them, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll see. Uh but yeah, it's not anything to do with regular runs. So that's what I'm really going to say. But that's it for now. Keep up the good work and I'll see you in seven. Thank you. Know, Jamin does love the image comics. Then a lot sure of people does. do. It's weird. What's the other company that he loved? He loved that bad idea uh, company that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But what's the company? <laughs> no, no, that was the company. They, oh, they have a who's weird who's way of announcing things and stuff like that. What? That's on third. You end up where I keep sending them some of the press releases from them because it's really hard to keep track of what they're not doing, Aaron, is what I say. Uh, but it's one of those things. I was thinking about it because I'm going to do uh, a video this weekend uh, about how I got into comics and stuff like that. And I was thinking about how I got into manga, and that kind of was my alternative to even, you know, that's my independent comics. Like, J-Man goes to Image and stuff. That wasn't different enough for me, so I went off to manga and i do love that but i don't end up they're all like children to me eric i can't choose between them i love them you can choose between your own children well i can because that's real life right right now i think maybe zach might be winning right now we'd have to i'd have to think about it yeah exactly he's out of my hair the uh, next email is from one eric shea this is from last week and he wrote in and said suck it yeah, this is what you were. He's always giving you the work. <laughs> he is He's always giving me the business. He's always giving me the business. He won't let me, you know, keep you relax. The guy does keep me honest. Oh my god, I need him to keep me on the straight and narrow. That Eric Shea, holy shit! But that is it for the mail. Thanks, Jamin. Thanks, everybody. Everybody, and Eric, Eric Shea. And if you want to get involved, nah, That's suck me. it, that guy, that guy. Uh, but yeah, if you want to get involved. Please email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com and we'll read Tell everything, Jim whether it. it's good or bad. You can make fun of Eric all you want. Tell I will Jim giggle at that. We haven't had a lot of that, like, really negative emails in quite some time. When we did, it, it was kind of funny. People uh-uh. yelling at us and it's stuff. Yelling about Eric. It was, that was great. I guess that's so Oh, easy. my goodness. That's the best is when, when I get, like, I'll kind of get upset about the stuff about me but i'll stew about it later but if they say anything bad about you i get furious <laughs> get really upset How dare uh, they? yes but we're gonna go off now we have another section of books we got two books it's going to continue the what you told me last night when we were getting these the all together titans. the titans section because we're yeah. going to come back with flash and cyborg <laughs> He got his first real comic, got it at a five and nine, read it to his fingers bent, been reading comics most of his life. Him and some guys from school, they had a book and they tried real hard, Jake quit, 
knuckles got married Young as was never gonna get far When he looks back now Did he ever bother ever? And now that he has a choice He told Jesse he would marry her never Eric's red comics most of his life Damn right he has. He has read comics from the day one out of the womb, Eric. They grab oh, yeah. you out of the womb oh, to so make good. you with granny goodness so you can read the comics. Is what happened. I saw oh, yeah. this first issue we're doing. The whole play is going to be funny because I've been waiting with bated breath. Eric. Waiting wow. with bated breath to see what you thought of The Flash because everybody in The Slash <laughs> ended up all the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> they ended up sitting there and like, there is no way that Eric Shea won't have fun with the Mega Batman in this issue. And when I ended up reading it, I'm thinking to myself, ooh, that's not the only problem this guy's going to have with this issue. <laughs> I really think that Eric's going to have a big, lots of problems. And you, I haven't even asked you about it as much, right? Usually no. I'll try to get little clues and whatnot. But when I finally did get around to reading and I did get a hold of Zach Walker who was asking me a question about it, and I did answer the question to him, but I don't think he responded. I think he might be mad at me or something. I don't know. It don't took know. all week to answer, so. No, time. I, I told him that I'd answer once. I Tuesday, I said, I'm about to read it. Saturday rolls around. I get yeah. to reading it. I asked him. He asked me the question, and I answered. And, no, no, I hope that he doesn't think that I was trying to, like, well, if you think it was, it was, I don't know. I worry. I, imagine I worry. That's what everybody that. thinks. No, I just ended up saying, you know, well, I think this is this and that is that. And then I saw him typing. It said he's typing, but then nothing came through. Eric, he may have since then. We've been recording for a bit now, but no, no, I got a little worried. I hope that he's not upset with me. But the whole play, and I saw, I mean, I'm telling you, the Rocky was like, there's no way Eric won't have fun with this. And I'm like, no, Eric, do you? No. You don't know as much as me, I think, because what I think that you're going to say, and, you know, we'll get into this proper, but I do think that you're going to say that this issue reminds you of all the things that you didn't like about Jeremy Adams' run, and unfortunately, I'm kind of thinking that a bit myself, the idea that you're going to get a lot of things thrown at you, you're going to get solutions just to have solutions, because the end of the run is happening. But what I do like such a weird play that Jeremy Adams has shown up like the sheriff in Let's Fix Everything Town. Yeah. He wants to fix things and he's going to do it. But I hope that it's somebody goes with this. I hope that you end up seeing these things progress because I don't know that you will. Eric, let's hear the credits and we'll get into it. The Flash, number 799, written by Jeremy Adams, art by Fernando Pastrin, Eau Claire Albert, Wade Von Grawl, Badger, Tom Derenick, Matt Herms, Pete Pantazis, and Rob Lay. So we were off to the Palace of Eternity to find baby Wade West, who's been kidnapped by Granny Goodness with Wally's assembled team of Our Man One Million, Mr. Terrific, the Terrifics themselves, Omega Bam and Gold Beetle, and Kid Flash himself. And we have the T-ship going through space and time to do this. The only problem is I have all of these questions because <laughs> the idea is Granny Goodness... You know Granny goodness was talking outside of time. <laughs> These our man one million happened to overhear this whole thing with this battle before that we had, and decided I gotta go find you know Wally West to talk about his son being kidnapped. So we have him on the team. We do nothing with our man in this book at all. He just shows up essentially for no reason. It seems like except for to tell, hey, Granny goodness, there's no reason for Granny goodness 
to be at the Palace of Eternity, have the Eternity Mine, which was destroyed previously. And I'm like, when we show up in this dimension to this freaking place, and you have Titano and Mr. Adam battling it out, there's no reason for this to be happening. And then when you go, when you need something for these heroes to do, including Omega Bam, mostly Omega Bam Man and Gold Beetle, to take on these Titans out of nowhere. The Anti-Monitor shows up, and you know what? He's a bitch. Uh, you know, are you getting kind of that feeling? Now, we said earlier with, with World's Finest, like, all of a sudden, you're just not overwhelmed because nobody's really doing much, but you're just getting characters thrown at you, and if you're going to have fun with it, that's fine. And I'm not saying that this issue makes me not like Jeremy Adams or that no. I don't think he's one. I still think he's one of the best writers right now at DC, but this reminded me of when we kind of were saying, like, okay, we get what you're doing in Gem World, but you're not really doing much. You're, oh, you're, no, this you're totally just reminded me of the in. Cosmic Grail with Eclipso being attached to that star, star Breaker coming out. And that's all I could think about, like, oh, things are just happening oh, to happen. My Eric and, we, Shea. And, we, and we had the situation in other books, and I complain about it, where you throw these characters in to really up the ante, but all you're doing is having them show up this to be, you know, cannon fodder, essentially to show how cool these other heroes are, but makes all these big bads like a Titano and Mr. Adam and the biggest fan of DC Comics, the Anti-Monitor, are defeated by a pro wrestler and a time-traveling, like, oh, I was going to say girl, but woman, tag team, but... You just made everything that's legitimate in DC Comics less to try to make your story good here with the fun aspects of even having Granny Goodness kidnapping children to make her, you know, her new furies. There's no reason for Granny. If you would have taken the time in your final full issue of The Flash to actually talk about the ideas that were made up by, you know, brought up by Joshua Williamson in The Infinite Frontier, where, you know, Darkseid is killed. Orion takes over both because High Father was killed as well because he's one of the quintess quintessence where Orion would essentially be the leader of New Genesis and Apocalypse, and that's why Granny Goodness is out on her own. You would have taken the time to talk about this, especially now that Darkseid yeah, is back. Yeah, I not his thing it's, to it's talk not his about. Thing, I, I but don't there's know. no reason for Granny Goodness to have to be at the Palace of Eternity for no reason whatsoever, have the Eternity Mind, which was destroyed, and making babies out of nowhere, these furious. These furious. I don't understand why any of this is happening, okay, and it doesn't and, and matter. And here's the deal. Here, Here's the big play here. First off, the anti-modder showing up, and, and like you said, For when we ended up having the holy the, the cosmic rail and having all that, at the end of that story, why we kind of were not down with it was pretty much Wally West won the fight because he was a good guy. He had a good heart. You almost well, they tried again to retroactively here. go and like you know say other things about him, but ultimately it was a hang loose kind of attitude that seemed like to be the like the real winner of that and, story. And what you get here, you're not really like. By the end, I'm thinking, okay, this could be big, but Granny Goodness just gets away because you can't kill Granny Goodness. But also, what are they going to do? Because you get Sertian, Tempest, and Dolphin's son here. That's yeah. one of the kids. You end up getting Seriously. Mr. Terrific's son out, out of the womb. And you also get Robert Long, Donna Troy's son. What are they going to do with these characters? This is big. I mean, this should, should be, be really big, but are they going to do anything? Because by the end, I'm kind of thinking like, well, that's kind of neat. But I don't know that we're going to be able to continue this and whether or not, because a lot of times when I do. And it almost feels Jeremy like the Adams, idea of the lost children of like, you know, yeah, Jeff does, Johns it is doing. It certainly where, does. Where you just have these kids show up out of nowhere under Granny Goodness's thumb or the like, and like, but for what reason? Yeah, and that's what even, I'm saying. It's like, weird. You know, 
The other ones are brought back, but even Mr. Terrific's son brought out of nowhere. I'm like, that's a weird choice. Yeah, and, and it's a weird play. And some people even mention, I think Gabe did. It, it doesn't really go with it because the whole Strange Adventures book by Tom King, that was out of continuity. That was yeah. a, a black label deal. Now, originally it was going to be in continuity and they changed it once they read the script. For I'm good reasons. guessing, right? But in that, Mr. Terrific actually admits like, yeah, I didn't really care about my kid anyway. And, the, you know, I was kind of glad that happened. I didn't really, I wasn't ready to be a father. So it's almost a, like Jeremy Adams has made himself. And I give him a lot of props to almost think that he is the sheriff in I'm going to fix everything town. Like he's like, well, you know, Mr. Pe- I'm going to have a son. But what are you going to do with that? Is anybody going to pick I'm that up? And- That's all fine and well. If you're going to bring all of these characters' kids back to them out of nowhere, even ones they didn't know were alive or like they would have been born. What happens when like a Donna Troy finds, oh my God, my son. Exactly. Son. But, like, yeah, what are you going to do? These characters, this should be huge. I don't really hear anybody talking about the idea of this. And you, this is their final full issue. Where are you taking this? Like, will this ever like be anything ever again? Or will it be Amanda Waller on Earth 3? Well, the weird play of it is, you know, it's not what I think is going to happen, but even the idea of the lost children where Jeremy Adams is doing that Jay Garrick book with Boom, at least you see, but I don't think that he's going to have these characters in that as well. I mean, this just seems like he wants to throw it out there and maybe it's like, hey, I'm going to throw the the bait in and if anybody's down with it, maybe we'll get it. Uh, But again, I don't know. But when you have it, it's just odd. It, it ends up where it's not exactly like a feel-good thing. It's just more odd. I'm wondering, like, where is this going to go? Because we know that this is his last full issue of his run. He's going to be in the 800 issue. Yeah. Uh, but there's going to be also a Mark Wade and a Jeff John story there. So, And I expect that's going to be, you know, pretty much the let's go around and visit some people and let's have that, you know, victory lap feel. But in this all going down, you do end up having just things kind of thrown at you. It's fun, but it, it, I don't know. It just it's fun ends at up the expense of story. Feeling, yeah, it feels like by the end, the fun ends up taking away because things just end to end. They don't really make much sense. A lot of these things aren't explained. So by the end, I, I think that I didn't have as much man, fun as Omega some other Bam people man did. And Gold Beetle so cool. They can single hand. I would say single handed, but tag team only take on Mr. Adam, Titano, and the. Anti monitor, and I'm like, no, this is no, I'm calling bullshit. You can't do this. Look, I know you like your own characters that you create and like you want to elevate them, but not at the expense of these classic DC comic characters. I know, yeah, it actually is the thing that we end up, it's not as forced as sometimes because this it is, no, no, the, it is. The problem, no, the thing that I have with this, it's not what it is, but this almost feels like a Elseworlds dream like like I'm not taking anything seriously here and that might be the biggest problem when you have an outside monitor I'm not even taking them seriously because as you are doing this you're just having fun but it, it's like a mega band man the way that I can explain this is it's almost like Jeremy Adams wants this to be his kite man and mm-hmm. I'm not getting that and I didn't get the kite man I was annoyed no. immediately by it but in this it's like yeah that's kind of fun no. yeah really it's it's kind of fun it's it's okay enough but I don't need it to get in the way. Oh, so if you ended up having an Omega Bandman two-page backup, maybe that would have been kind of fun. You could have seen some things like that. But the story just ends up being, hey, I kind of have some page space to fill, so let's just have some fun with this. They do get well, Wade back, but even Wade in this kind of becomes like an afterthought of the goofiness. 
And then yeah. by the end, you, you get on this. But even when we get back on the T-ship and the world of God is damaged. so mad at us. <laughs> I'm saying, though, that why is the world of God damaged out of nowhere to the point where we have to where we have to come back like it's Sliders or Quantum Leap? Sliders, can't I do just thought a Superman lost. I was well, like, I'm what saying, are we, we doing? We can't get back home directly, so we have to take a, a, like a, a route around, and we'll have a bunch of adventures on the way home, but eventually we'll get there. And even when Wally comes back, like... He's the only one for some reason who looks like he's aged compared to everybody else or just hasn't shaved, but he's even wearing his, you know, rebirth costume now for whatever reason, like a full beard, longer hair. I'm like, why did you even go on this long adventure where you're outside of time where it's only been like an hour for Linda and everybody else? I'm like, why did you have these adventures that nobody will ever see? And it's so weird. And you know what's weird about it is like, yeah, that's just to give that background with gold. I'm saying, though, is this to give the background why Gold Beetle and him are such friends, you know, I because guess. of the adventures they went on? I think that they just have that rebirth custom because you need to see his hair's a little crazy at the top. Uh, I think the beard's weird, enough. Right? Yeah, the beard is enough. Shave, I don't Lolly. Like, I don't like Everybody that else look. Did. I love the uh, That's the best. I love the idea that just because you've been gone a while doesn't mean you have to stop shaving. <laughs> Everybody else seems to. I mean, look, Gold Beetle's been shaving the whole time. Yeah, yeah, end up where all this go down and yes. yeah, what is it? What does it end up being? But we'll see. But I knew it would annoy you as well. Of man, what adventures did you go through? Cool, that's a story for another day. Like, yeah, get that. But again, yeah. it only seems like a little bit of time has passed anyway. The way that they were talking about it, it's like, oh man, we're gonna have to go the you know, you can't have too long a time because you have baby weight and you don't want to yeah. show have him show up and he's twelve. Exactly. And, you know, so you end up where, oh, he has a beard. Because we, we don't need anybody adventures. yelling about aging characters up anymore. That's the damn shit. Exactly. Well, we did a couple months, maybe. I, I don't know. But maybe he did trim. Maybe it was like no shave, mo adventure is what I'd call it. Erica, yeah, is that, that what you call it? <laughs> no shave, mo adventure. <laughs> ah, but at the end, there's not that much going on. It is a lot for fun. Eric Shea doesn't like having fun, and you know, you're kind, of rubbing off. Story. you're kind of rubbing off of me, and why I got kind of upset is that you only have this last full issue, and then you have your story in the 800, and I, and I don't know what that's going to be, but spend the time with the family. That's what I'm saying. I actually feel like we're kind of getting ripped off with some more important things, things that I think Jeremy Adams can write really well at the expense of just, hey, we're going to have a Mega Bim, and yeah, you're going to have these, but the Maybe that should have, would have been better served in the 800 when you end up going around like, hey, I'm going to go check out on everybody. Oh, man, how you doing? I'm like, man, in this, it ends up feels like it's wasted space. Even the background of what's going on here is a bigger story with Granny Goodness and her new furious team of all of these missing children, but we're never going to deal with it. I'm like, that would have been a really good story. Yes, we don't have time for it, so it's weird to even throw it in here for a few panels where they're fighting our heroes until they realize – Look, kids, we're going to find you. We're going to get you home and stuff like that. It just almost feels like a wasted potential for what, how big it could be and how big it should be. Well, and you're saying that I actually I'm kind of now thinking like, boy, I I wish that we saw more of just Jay and Irie and what they are doing, how they are, you know, and that sort of thing, because I ended up asking Jeremy Adams, what's going to happen to the, the family? You know, what's going to happen with Jay Irie? What's going to happen with Wade? Oh. And he says it's all out of my hands. I don't know. Yeah. They, he said, fingers crossed, nobody will mess it up. Fingers crossed, somebody will take these characters Enter later Tom Taylor. and use them. I just, yeah, really. I mean, oh, my goodness. I actually thought that in all my of a mind. Tom Taylor is just like the <laughs> Joker for freaking the killing joke. This Hawaiian shirt shows up at the door exactly. of the West House. The West House. I 
I even said, I think that what actually I said Bang. was, I said, hey, is there a chance that later on we may still get a, hey, the West Family Adventure sort of flash, fastest man alive, but it's the, the West Family. With the super kids. Did, yeah, and, and with any of them. But Jeremy Adams writing it. I said, hopefully yeah. that'll happen. And he said, oh, that, you know, that would be great. Hopefully nobody messes things up. I think that's kind of what he said. Hopefully they don't ruin it. What Titans. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that'll be fixed. We know that Wally won't stay dead forever anyway. But there are that, amazing but. aspects to Jeremy Adams' run. And what we're focusing on here are what my, are my personal least favorite aspects of his run, where it's just. Goofiness for the sake of goofiness. Whatever he delves in the heart, the guy nails it through and through. And thus, this the goofy adventures, they don't do enough for me because they're all fluff and no substance. Yeah. Yeah, which, again, you didn't like Omega Bandman that much when he fell, but we kind of enjoyed it for the fun that it was. But we've had these issues throughout the run where he does want to just have more fun. But unfortunately, it kind of plays out at the end. What you're saying is, you do that if maybe you're sure you're going to have a 100-issue run. You know, you end up being able to play around sometimes. But unfortunately, by the end, it's almost like, you know, oh, my God, I wish I had more time to do these things. And I kind of wasted some things. But at this point, it's like you, you end up the, the Super Bowl's almost over. You're down by, you know, seven, two-minute warning. And all you do is keep throwing out trick plays. You're like, <laughs> hey, Statue of Liberty. Hey, Fumble Ruski. No, no, no. Let's get this shit done. <laughs> Let's win this. Let's go. And that's kind of how it felt. And it kind of did. I mean, people seem to like it, Eric. I do. I was a little upset only because I thought we were going to get something with more substance to end this to say, man, I really wanted this. Hey, you're showing me it should have continued. Oh, my God, DC, you, you idiots. But he's just having fun. For some reason, he wants to bring back a bunch of these kids that I it's don't cool. know. Maybe that was something that will come down the line and somebody will deal with. And they actually asked them to do it. Who knows? The editorial nowadays, it it does seem to be a thing where, you know, sometimes even Jeremy Adams has told me or Tim Sheridan, things like that, where editorial has more to do with some of these things. I'm telling you, it's always like a 50-50 situation where it seems like editorial doesn't give a shit. It's a free-for-all for for whatever the writer wants or they're locking this shit down because I'm the writer now. You do what I say. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's a weird play, but all in all, I mean, it's not the worst issue this week, but it was it was kind of disappointing. I thought where I wanted something a little more serious to end the run, but what would you give it? I think the art is fantastic throughout. I love these things, and there is some fun to be had in this and the situations, and even the heart of Wally West searching for his son. Some good stuff there, but the majority of the issue is it's elevating characters by making other characters look like chumps and i i can't stand that and just the ideas and places that we have here there's no real reason behind them they're just said and done for no reason so i'm giving it a 5.5 out of 10 i'm gonna give it a uh i'm gonna give it a 6.8 i I could almost go a seven it's fun but like you said i even had a video that i released today as we're recording about how a lot of people don't know what developing characters is anymore, that they end up, you know, doing it by elevating a character just to make another character less. But I think more in this, it's like you said, is there a reason for Granny Goodness to really be in it? Not really. No. Is there a reason for the anti-monitor to be in it? Not really. And I'll even go further. The Terrifics, Metamorpho, they, there's no reason. Our Man? Need to, you know, Our Man, but I'm even saying Metamorpho. Palace of Eternity? Man, that whole deal. Like, a lot of this is just like, 
It does seem like Eric Chase sitting there kicking his feet and playing with his figures, and you're just grabbing whatever's closest because you're lazy, Eric, and you don't uh-huh, want to get it. up. And you're like, okay, Plastic Man, you're in this. Hey, Mega Man, all right, well, who would that? Oh, you know, go Beetle, you like that. And it's fun. It's good-natured. But in the end, there's just not much to it. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. Later on, maybe we'll we'll eat our shoes if you end up having Donna Troy show up or, you know, Sertian. <laughs> maybe that's who he's going to work with, this little boy. Uh, but we'll see. But we're well, gonna... This might be the super kids that are part of that imaginary team of the future. Yeah, maybe. It probably is. But we'll go to the next book, which is a, a new number one, Eric. A Donna DC book. What is right. Cyborg, number one, written by Morgan Hampton with art by Tom Rainey, Michael Atea, and Rob Lee. And there's a lot of issues coming into a Cyborg series in my mind because it seems whenever a writer comes in, they have two things they want to talk about. How Victor Stone doesn't get along with his father or, and or sometimes, how he's, is he more man than machine or machine than man? And this, I was hoping that he could get away from the status quo that every writer wants to deal with Victor Stone. Hey, he's coming back to Detroit here. But right away, as he's fighting Mammoth and Gizmo, which is fine because he's making his grand return to Detroit. But when his father dies here, I thought to myself, oh, my God, we are doing it. We're going to get away from the idea of this because we're not going to have this, the constant brick wall of Vic slamming his fist against it with him not getting along with his father, who made him into an abomination. But because his father dies, that's all Vic can talk about this entire issue. And I'm hoping with the revelation that we have by the end, there will be some substance of the idea of them having reconciliation. But the problem with that is, I feel like every time we have a cyborg series, it always comes to them having a reconciliation. It always does it. It always has a reconciliation, and then we reset again. And yeah. even, like you said, you, you always end up having the same things. And I don't know, from the very beginning, first off, I do not like the art in this book. I don't, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of tom rainey at all and this is well, where tom we rainey even... and the way the color works with the thing is, is like because we had this in the uh jeffrey thorne's green lanterns no green lantern series and like you know the way this and we looks. had in the future reason, state of his as well it was also I, for in some that, reason that, i didn't know. mind it as much there because there was a lot of things in the story I that i was like trying it. to grapple so it's not something i focus too much on but here it really stands out where everybody looks like a claymation figure to yeah, me they do they look like claymation figures you said that you thought Everybody's going to start singing. I heard it through the grapevine, like the old uh, freaking raisins. But I thought at the beginning when you did have, you know, Gizmo and Matt, I thought, okay, actually, this seems like a lot of fun. We're going to deal with some fun things and we're going to go. And then immediately it gets right back to it. Oh, yeah. And he like him like grabbing the ice cream. He's on the ground. Well, he hasn't been the same since Damien wiped his mind. Eric Seager no, ends this, up this where... is classic mammoth. He's the same. <laughs> he was probably better off working at the carnival. Maybe, but, you know, and even there, he's going to punch some lights out. And, what, and I thought that this was going to play off because he does mention the Titans and things like that as well. And I thought that this was going to be like, okay, he's gotten over some things. This is where we're actually going to feel fresh and new. Yeah, because fresh start. All that stuff. And I know that a lot of these Dawn of DC books, you you do kind of want to get back to the classic feel of it. But the classic feel of Silas, my father has been an asshole. I'm an abomination. That's way overdone. We're not missing that. You could get that every time. Yeah. So I thought what we're going to do is, and I actually, so weird. The way he reacts to his dad being dead was almost like, okay, he doesn't give a shit. Let's move on. Let's keep going. Then that's all he is dealing with. And by the end, 
I think that what we're getting is is the idea of, oh, my God, now my dad's going to know how much of an abomination I am because he's an abomination with me. I don't know. But one of the things that made me giggle is after he does end up and it, it kind of goes back like it's not even just the father deal. It's everything about this. It almost feels like we've read these scenes before. Yeah. When he ends up, you know, oh, my God, he's getting all the calls from Sarah Charles. He's like, like, this is all stuff. This is all stuff we've dealt with. But when he ends up going to that funeral, that eulogy is one of the worst fucking eulogies I've ever, ever heard in my entire life. This guy is talking so much about himself in this nonsense that I'm like, what the fuck, Cyborg? Like, at least if you don't want to talk about anything good, just don't. But he's like. His dream was He's like what's going on here He, he wanted up. so much for me With what him and my mother were all about But I went into sports I thought, And he didn't like that either Then he made me a monster And then he thought I could finally live up to what he wanted Just imagine like If, if my dad had a funeral And they're like okay well we want you to do that. I'm like okay I'll do the eulogy You know what my dad He was a lot to everybody Except me, it was one thing, a piece of shit My hand was good, hey everybody if, if your father had a yoji like that Cyborg's his head and shoulders above anything you would do Oh yeah, I, I'm just saying like He's just going on and on About himself, everybody's probably like And you look at everybody's like, this is What the fuck, dude but, Hey everybody, I know we're all here for Dr. Silas Stone But you know me, Victor Stone, <laughs> Cyborg Let me tell you my story Because honestly, why are we going to worry about the dead When the living are right here, am I right? Let me tell you about the Justice League and the Teen <laughs> Titans. I love the idea that he's just, I understand that they're using this oh, yeah. as a way to give you background, but Terrible not the eulogy. <laughs> Holy shit. He's having half the people are bailing. You see, half of them are crying. They're crying because they didn't realize that old Cyborg was oh, such every, a piece of crap. Everybody up front is all his friends who know the story. Yeah. They're like, really? We gotta go through this shit again? This guy doesn't shut his but fucking the most, mouth about this no, stuff. No, look, you know what's going on with the idea of the like the explanation about who Cyborg is, in case you're new to, you know, Booyahs and Victor Stone open up boom tubes and shit like that. And I, 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 honestly, I love the Booyah. I don't like the way it was used here. Just like a little Booyah, like a close-up on his mouth. Did you read the intro story with him that it was no, revealed I didn't. that Booyah was actually a phrase that he took from his mom? That his mom used that, so that's why it's almost like it's used that's why it's as okay a now. tribute. Well, it's used as a trip to mom. I don't even think it's that okay. I think that he's really throwing it out there like, hey, if you said it was a piece of shit thing, well, look, it was from his mom, so you're the piece of it. It's weird, but. But no, the weirdest part about the idea, though, with the eulogy giving the background is, does DC know what they're doing with Victor Stone? Because I felt like when we were having the Titans come together and the idea of who the Titans are now, the old friends and stuff like that, that we were making some headway, and especially with the tales of the Teen Titans coming out, we were giving contemporary origins for our characters. Maybe more will be explained there. But when you have his his father making him into Cyborg and then the idea that he joined the Justice League, but then he found some friends in the Teen Titans, I'm like, so he was a part of the Justice League where Batman was there with four kids already. But then you joined Dick Grayson as a part of the Teen Titans. I'm like, why are you mucking? Why are you mucking it up more at this point in time? We have so many retcons at this point in time in the timeline. You don't have to establish him as a part of the Justice League anymore. Yes, it happens, but don't talk about it. He's a Teen Titan. He's a part of the Titans this very week. Don't muck that's, about. That's the funny part is it is in this continuity still the deal, but you kind of maybe you're better served not talking about it. Just go with the Titans, the Teen Titans deal. But 
they use it. But then in the background, even the idea where you think about where he was made and like, you know, the, with the beginning of the new 52 in the Justice League and was part of that, that was a new look for Cyborg. So if you think, I mean, this is how he looked. And then sometime after he left the Justice League, he went with this 80s more like Cyborg look where he's showing a lot of skin. I like that skin look. I hated the look of Cyborg when I was a kid because it was just never enough Cyborg. Like, he almost always looked naked. I'm like, why, don't, why isn't he cooler looking? Do you think that he's a Miami Dolphins fan? He's splitting them colors like he is. I don't like it. He should have the, like, the, uh, you know, the green and, and silver. I think of the. I don't know. I think it looks good on him. The orange and the baby blue. Maybe it should just be blue and silver, you know, big Detroit Lions fan, maybe. But I love the idea where you also end up having. Do better Detroit, which, you know, I agree. But I like when this Estelle Green's like, listen, you know how we are in Detroit here. I'm like, really? Like, (laughs) almost like yelling about this guy who seems to, you know, he's trying to up the Annie Marcus Wilcox. I love, too, that you end up where it's the dumbass of the day that she's doing her deal, right? A little clickbait going on. But you cover up the ass when it's on the screen. But she says it earlier anyway. I'm like, well, what is the subject? But this guy is just intermission. Weird. Though we have though, like this. I want to say maybe it's a. It has to be a web show, a TV show. Just do better, Detroit's news segment that's going on where you have Estelle Green talking about Mr. Booyah Boy or Mr. Come and Go as he pleases. The idea that we have to do better because Cyborg is not the hero we need because he's doing stuff with the Titans, but also. We have this other guy over here, Marcus Wilcox, who's gentrifying, you know, Detroit. And he has all these apps you can go and do, like, you know, he'll make a meal plan for you. But do we really need that? Come on, Bet. Do, do better, Detroit. Like, why is Estelle Green so angry at everybody? And I'm telling you, maybe the situation with, with, with uh, this Marcus Wilcox isn't good because Marcus Wilcox uh, goes into, like, you know, confronts Victor at the, uh, the funeral. I mean, it's, it's obvious that Marcus Wilcox is up to such shit. Well, I mean, that's going to be the that, deal. That Marcus Wilcox is the guy that, you know, Silas Stone went to when his son wouldn't play ball with what he wanted. I was like, this is almost a surrogate son situation where this guy is willing, wanted to do everything that Silas wanted Victor to do. And I think this guy is ultimately going to be the guy that built the robotic, you know, body for Silas to live in at the end of this issue. But we have this, it just seems that everybody who's here to try to help destroy Estelle is mad at, and you just, and you just, and you just got to look at the, the little, like, uh, the text uh, that are coming in, like, you think he wears a do-rag? Okay, wig. <laughs> Jamie reminds me of my dad. Why he look like that? It's giving Norbit vibes. I'm just like, all of these things are like, we had a lot of this going on in the blue and gold book. People loved it. I, th- I loved a lot of aspects of it. But when you have this come on, it's, it really is, a, it throws me off whenever I have to read it like this. And it always feels out of place for what you're trying to do because you're trying to establish a character and you have this outside. Even Grace O'Halloran with her podcast with the Batgirls that we'll talk about later on. It feels out of place and weird at times because why do you need this other talking head? I don't know. I'm telling you, sometimes it works because growing up, I love the news broadcasts that we have in like the Dark Knight Returns. Like the news broadcasts and the commercials that we have showing like the world of Robocop. Those things are good. But for some reason, when we have them in the comics, it always never feels right to me. Yeah. And you had that. Always never. Even a spawn. (laughs) You know, yeah. you, you did have that back in the day, but where I like a lot of those is like a lot of times those are used to show differing opinions. But when you get this, this girl, you know, or woman, Estelle Green, I don't know much about her, but I, she's not very likable. I mean, she's just yelling shit. And, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, wait a second. I, I don't need, like I said, I don't need books where everybody's like, man, that cyborg, he's the greatest thing ever. He's the greatest. He's the greatest. But, no, no, this just seems forced in of, 
oh, look at Mr. Comeback to Detroit. <laughs> like, well, what, what do you want? You want him to stay out of Detroit? And then this other guy who she just seems to think that he's bad because he's gentrifying things. And he's de- but it, it seems like that might be, you know, I, I've never been to Detroit, but I've seen some pictures. They may need this guy to go with Marcus Wilcox. But the idea of this, I think that he's sus. I think that he's going to end up doing bad things and we'll see that his research and things he's like the that. Son he's that silas never had and i think that he also probably went a little bit too far in his deal especially with the Did idea that, not, i think that yeah i think that <laughs> the idea of making like hey but i brought your dad back just like he saved your life and yeah, i don't like my see, life the, you know that's, that's the thing is because by the end of this after the funeral after all the grieving said and done victor's showing really no emotion because of all the disdain he's had for his father over the years when he goes back to his childhood home he is confronted like it's actually funny the way he's confronted because a robot pretty much breaks down the door he doesn't hear it until it's walking up the stairs I'm like where's your cyborg hearing victor but when he comes to, like, you know, he's confronted by this robot that ha- has his father's consciousness inside him. Like, all right, maybe this is something new to the old, same old stale story that we have where because of what Silas is now, he's more connected to what Victor is and they can have an understanding and also have some other side story going on to be the overall framing of this. So, like, maybe there is something here. It's just when you start well, out, it's the same exactly old, same old. Like, this is, you know. Yeah, I, I actually think that what you're just getting is this new guy. He's kind of the Silas now, the Silas, but at the end, he's still just, you know, a robot thing. And even that, you end up throwing in stuff like, hey, if you need, if you ever get, you know, run over by Cyborg or any superheroes, call me, Jamie Cormas, the the lawyer who, and then you have that here. I'm like, I don't need this shit where that robot's walking down the road and everybody, I'm going to call that lawyer. I'm going to call him because this robot. And "Eh." And when he's walking down the road, right away, I'm like, Oh, yeah, that's Silas. He's got the lab coat. <laughs> what is he fucking doing? And then they're like, oh, that's one of them the robot ro- naked. Almost like throwing things in. Yeah, I mean, seriously, he's got his robot pants. He pulls them up. The idea of throwing even in the idea of the drone Amazon deliveries. Like, that's one of them robots that delivers the shit. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what happens then? You get robot apocalypse. So watch out. But. At the end, Look, yeah, we already figured out how to stop that since, you know, Batman Superman World's Finest takes place in the past. We already know how to stop that shit. I wish that this actually could then go and we could have this. But also the idea where Silas hasn't been home for a while because you get the dust. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's something. This house it's, is not a home, Jim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love the idea. He's like, this house isn't a home except my room here, like the Beach Boys sang. And I used to study here. I used to lift weights. I used to masturbate. And like Whoa. we get it, we get it. You did everything in your room, but then Me some asshole who paid favorite. for the room. They used to come in and buy. Oh no, it's a robot now. Luckily, he has this little badge. <laughs> why did I'm he tell you? Why did he get dressed up as then? the robot breaks the door <laughs> open off the freaking hinges and off the frame? Victor is just writing in his journal. He doesn't stop until he hears the clang clang of the footsteps right outside the room. Clang, clang, goes the Silas. You have it all. <laughs> oh, Daddy, now you know how I feel that you're now a robot monstrosities. He's, he's more of a shoot as questions like, you know, first and then ask questions later because he blows his father robot's arm off. His first. arm goes like, a, like a, he wants to keep him at arm's legs, Eric. He's like, holy no, shit. No, he's disarming him. Oh, that he is. I say, Can you lend me a hand and an elbow Not and maybe anymore. a shoulder? I, I, I just came in to see what all of the fuss was about. 
What are you talking about, Dad? I was just writing my journal. I told you not to keep secrets. I don't know. I need to have my robot dad now fully. Well, I'm just saying that. I'm like, it's a new, it's a new uh, like sitcom, My Robot Dad. It is, My Robot Dad. With, you know, it happens to be Cyborg's half But the idea of like, man, you never, you know, play catch with me. Now I can't anyway, you asshole. You blew off my arm. Oh, man. I, I, I'll put it back together. At the end of the episode, it's like, Dad, you know what? I know we have our differences, but I know at the end you kiss me. What is that, Dad? You crying? No, I'm waking oil. Ah! He's like, why don't I fix you a good bit of WD-40? It's like, Dad, I still eat regular food. Your loss. I don't, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It gets real ridiculous by the end of me thinking what you're going to go forward with. But maybe this is that idea. And at the end, he pulls the plug. I don't mean to do this, Daddy, but... If we get this, like, you can't bring Silas back, right? I mean, he's gone. He's now the robot, He's right? a robot. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying you can't make him, like, alive again. It just, but what but is we'll see. alive, Jim? What is alive? I ended up trying to calculate. Do you remember the argument that we're having in that Batman Beyond story that the AI was alive and Batman doesn't kill, so how can he kill the system? I'm like, that's the same thing. What is alive, Jim? What is living really to well, you? Well, I think that this is more Is it your that... primitive understanding of it just because of who you are? You don't think outside the box? Pull, pull the fucking plug. This is just a robot. You gotta <laughs> this stop isn't your this dad. Shit. It's his you dad. You gotta stop this shit. My dad, you know, he treated me poorly. I would have been, I'd blow the fucking head off. I wouldn't have aimed for the shoulder. I would have went right to the head. That's why Victor's a hero. I'd be like, who the fuck is that? And I'm like, oh, I see. It's a 500-pound robot. It must be my dad. You got me there, son. There's my dad still an asshole. Right away, I go in. Oh, my God, you're a robot, dad. What do you mean you want to be an archaeologist? You can't do that. God Honestly, damn that's it, good parenting. dad. Beep, boop, boop. I've calculated your rate of success is zero. Oh, dad, you are the same. He brought you back. Ah, uh, but at the end, I don't know. I ended up like, I kind of, I, I don't have any feeling for this book yet. No, I agree. Because the thing is, it, it's same old status quo, like, you know, Cyborg, what you get. You got a lot of backstory in case you don't know Cyborg. And then you get the big revelation that Cyborg's father is not a robot body. It's not till the end that it feels like the story actually goes somewhere new for the character, for what you want to start with. This and I want to see where it goes. But I, at, by the end, this is one of the few Dawn of DC books that I just really didn't have much of anything with, like, all right, well, let's see what the next issue is. That's about where I lie with it. I don't sit there and say, oh, my God. Maybe something could finally happen. And maybe it will. So, and again, we're kind of laughing and making fun of it, but I'm not saying it's bad. It's just kind of like, it just feels incomplete. If you've read Cyborg before, then you've read this. And so you're waiting for that. Okay, are we going to change things up? Are you going to end up showing me that you have read what we have read as well and realize how overdone that is? Or do you think you're reinventing the wheel here when you're not? You're just giving us another wheel. And, you know, who needs another wheel, Eric? I don't. I wouldn't mind. Uh, <laughs> it might be fine. Now you have two wheels, right? a bicycle. What I can do with one I'd wheel? I'd rather have a unicycle. You go around. People are more impressed. At least, not that they're impressed, but if you're riding People around a unicycle, people. You're definitely going to have people ability. like notice, right? They're going to be like, look at that motherfucker. What's he, a clown? Give me five more wheels. Come on. I'm klutzy. That's true. You would need five wheels. Well, you need five a spare, more. Too. Need five seven. more. Holy shit. That is crazy. Give me eight. What the hell? I don't like that. I imagine that with seven or eight wheels, you have one of those like 
contraption cars that's like going around like it's springing up and down and all over the fucking place and he's that me for i'm not gonna get greedy with the wheels but uh what would you give this by the end ultimately i'm not a huge fan of tom rainey's art but i think it does fine for doing it i think cyborg looks pretty cool with his new get up and tracksuit it's really it's a it's a look i don't mind seeing in this book because it is different while still being cyborg it's just overall it's i don't like looking at it very much, but you know, it does its job just fine. The story is paint by numbers cyborg until the end. By the end is what I finally look forward to, but by the end, it's the end. So maybe next month we'll have more to talk about the situation where I have more to look forward to. But this just kind of lets me down for a first issue because while it catches people up, it keeps a long term cyborg fans just sitting there. Yeah, I know this. Yeah, I know this. And I don't need that anymore for a lot of books. I'm going to give it a six out of 10 still, I guess, because it does its job for what it does need to do, but it just leaves me, you know, Wanting more ultimately because, you know, I've read DC Comics most of my life. You have. And that's the thing. I haven't, Eric, but this does feel. You've read the last two Cyborg series that came out. I think I've, you know, read a bunch. Yeah. So it ends up feeling the same. But at the end, like you said, it does end up feeling like there could be something there. Let's go forward with that. Let's see how this is going to work out. And uh, I'm just, as I'm saying this, I'm trying to see because I thought that this might be one of the books that does continue through Night Terrors, but I'm not fully sure of that. So I wanted to say that maybe, you know, we'll get some space and maybe some people see that. Uh, If it was me, I would go with that, Eric, right? I don't know. We'll have to see everybody. Somebody can tell me. But I'll, I'll give you Tom Rainey's art by the end. Now that I've gone through this a couple times and then going through it again by the end, I kind of don't mind it. It it ends up being like, okay, I'm used to it now. I think it is kind of that type of art. It's a little jarring at first, but you get used to it as you go. It's it's jarring. And by the end, you're not really kind of worried about that. So I'm not going to say that that's that. You got robot dads to worry about. You can't focus on the art. That could be fun. I mean, yeah, hopefully. And, And that's the one thing, though. You do get like this weird like misery over the whole book in this, but maybe that's just the play. Silas dies. Yeah. So it's the darkest before the dawn. I kind of wanted. That's one of the things, though, because of that. Am I more man or machine? You never yeah. do get to have fun with Cyborg. No, I am a more machine than book. you, son. <laughs> uh, Stop I, bitching. I don't know what you were always bitching about. This is this great. is great. I don't have to poop <laughs> anymore. Like, maybe that could be something. It's like, Do you I think know I, how much time I'm saving not eating or sleeping. I think I will now call myself Progress. Robot Man. I don't think that name is taken. Oh, Suck no, it, no. Cliff Steel. It is. Fuck that guy. Tell him to start racing cars again. So, yeah, I think that you might. And hopefully we'll have a little bit of fun. But even that, you have the online talking head angry person. Well, I don't like book. any of this. I don't need that. I, I kind of want this to be a little more. It might be the worst part of the book, even beyond because, like you know, at least the other stuff is still cyborg stuff. And honestly, the worst part of the worst part of the book for me is that stupid Justice League origins and going back to the Teen Titans before when they were the original, like you know, the new Teen Titans. I'm like, that's a weird choice to make. Yeah, and when you end up having that, like, here I am, online news reporter, and I'm going to tell you this and that. The problem with that is it's not like that. Seems like okay, this is what we're going to go forward with because it's kind of out of nowhere, but. I kind of think that what will end up finally will get the I hate you online until we're friends online and she will end up helping Cyborg maybe take down this other guy. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, that is it for this section of books. Still better than a lot of the stuff that we're going to end with because we're going to go off with three books now. 
that aren't so great, but we tried to have fun with them as we always do. We'll come right back with those. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just average shape. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just average shape. Here we are. I'm going to lean on you, Eric Shea, for these three Me? books to end the podcast. Why are you always leaning, you lazy layabout? I am a lazy layabout. So what if, it, like, you know, instead of running down a dream, it makes me want to scream? Yeah, well, that would be good because these We're talking books, about songs that we can use stink. for parodies for books like this section. Oh, my makes God. Makes me want to scream. You say I'm a lazy layabout. I'm not Rocky in this book. I say Rocky and then I'm afraid that You Rocky just wish you were. Actually, think Rocky's there. He's in a coma. Oh my, but he's inspiring us all. We hardly knew ye, Rocky. I yeah, think Rocky. Rocky's gonna make it. I hope he Who does. Who always swears for some reason is Grace O'Halloran's cameraman for her podcast. Yeah, I always think it's a guy. I actually was gonna laugh at you and say, ah, oh, it's so ridiculous, like we care about the cameraman. I, I think it is too, and it ends up like some of the YouTubers that I do end up watching, they kind of get their cameraman involved, and I think it's funny, and that's how I think of Rocky. But here we are. We have kind of books. So it's a Sophie's choice. It is. Which one is the worst? Because these are bad. These are really die. bad books. And they're bad in the way, though, that I usually don't mind because I find them hilarious. I was reading all three. I don't think anything in these three books is really supposed to be funny. But yet I laughed throughout my whole reading time today thinking of. Batgirls, that seems like one of the worst acted after-school specials I've ever seen in my life. Catwoman, that plays out like a really like Z-Raid kind of like Pulp Fiction-esque knockoff that you would find almost like Transmorphers, but in that deal. And then Wonder Woman just sucks. So here we go, Eric. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And away we go. See, I just wanted to get it done quick. Now you don't have to talk about them. We are done. Thanks, right. everybody. See you next week. But Good we'll night, start- everybody. We'll start with Batgirls. I do just want to mention, we hardly ever mention the covers, but on the cover, you do have Gunhawk and Gun Bunny. All right. Gunhawk is looking great for a man who's dead. Sure does. Just like Cool Master. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Gunhawk will end up in the next issue. And yeah, he's supposed to be dead. We'll see if well, they end up that. having Gun a little Hawk note. And Gun Bunny are on the cover of this issue. So, like, okay, the story's finally going to go somewhere from the rogue assassin taking out people because of the Batgirls. We're going to finally see Gunhawk and Gunbuddy. We don't get them in this issue. Yeah, you know what's the worst part of this? You realize the book sucks when you're upset that Gunhawk and Gunbunny aren't in it Seriously. because they're on the cover. I mean, that was kind of a draw. At least it spiced some things up. And we have a weird play in this. We do have a Clunrad kind of section, right? It's the Clunrad Oreo with the cream of teeny Howard nonsense in the middle. But that both teeny of these cream. books, the Batgirls and the Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman they're off of, and Batgirls is ending. Sayonara, suckers. Get out of there. Though they are doing the Nightwing stuff in the Night Terrors with a K. Uh, oh, but it is just a weird play that you have these books that are ending, and yet we have stories that just they should have ended months ago. There is no We're reason for these. We're still talking about that, like that rogue member of the Saints that got away. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> I couldn't even remember. I'm like, who? Oh, the Saints. Yeah. And, and the worst yeah. part about it is, I'm like, you know, they keep thinking maybe the assassins is one member that got away. We got to find her. And I'm thinking to myself because the way they spell it, I'm having trouble the entire time. How do you say this? 
Assassin? Assassin. And I thought that somebody said, man, there's an assassin. They misheard. And they're like, oh, shit, it's that assassin. I like ass Izzy is what I was saying. It was making me giggle. Uh, One of the things I do want to point out, the saints. The Saints. the Saints. When they were introduced in this book, it was already too late. The first and issue. People were already done with this nonsense of Fear State and all that. And now here they are. We even have a seer mentioned. Oh, my goodness gracious. We've got deep fakes for you. Ah, but we'll start out with Batgirls as for we're me. getting into this. Batgirls number 18. I see those sites you go problem. to. Written by Becky Clunan, and Michael W. Conrad. Art by Robbie Rodriguez, Rico Renzi, and Becca Carey. So. One of the things that I realized going into this is I really don't care about this book because as I went in, I'm like, like you, ass is he? What the hell? I When you get to a book, and we do talk about a lot of books, but, you know, we've been doing this little game called Life for a while now. I'm not you know very how good it, at it, but we do when it. I, when I get to a book, though, and I'm like, what the fuck? What happened? What? Oh, yeah, that right away tells me I haven't cared about this book in a while because I actually was like, Oh, what do we do? Oh, yeah, that assassin nonsense. Really? Uh, you know, I want Grace being drunk off her ass is what I need. And she's gone sober. She was scared straight in this. And now she's yeah. packing. Yeah, she is. She's a uh, she's packing the heat. But yeah, so you go into this and you have the Batgirls. They're on the case. They're looking into stuff. But again, the lay of the land and them doing, OK, we're going to scope out this church. Nobody here. All right. At Nothing happens in this no. issue. Because even the idea of what we have with the, the, the so-called assassin who wants the Batgirls brought to justice for all the misdeeds they've never been like, you know, brought to justice for. This is going to keep happening until they arrest the Batgirls. And then we have Batgirls working with the cops. We have a situation where it's like, okay, we're going to the uh, Commissioner Ramontoya, she's going to have to arrest you because this shit keeps happening. The police are going to look bad. We can't be working with vigilantes. And the way that we solve all of this and I don't even know how it works. We release a video through the TV where the Batgirls are brought to justice, but it's all deep fakes. But I'm like, who were the people that you deep faked into doing this? Like, and it looks like there's well, crowds around as it's you happening. Don't even have to. You could just deep fake it completely AI and stuff. See, when now, I think of deep fakes, to... I think you have somebody getting fucked because this is what deep fakes are for, and you put somebody's face over top well, of them to make them look like the, somebody else. You know, the porn's already done, so half the step's going. But some of these, I think they're just pure out AI now, and I think that you're supposed to. It, it like is. the moon landing in that right, Jim? Yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> It is funny, like, as you're saying that, it reminds me of the movie I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker, where uh-huh. you end like up most having Keenan Ivory Wayne's mother. She starts to do the, the karate, but as she's doing flips, you can tell it's like this mustachioed man. <laughs> like, it's the joke of it, but that's what I would love to see. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, man, here's the Batgirls, and they're morphing the tech on me and you. They're <laughs> like, hey, the Batgirls here. But yeah, it's, again. I, I didn't even think about it because they're not even thinking through with this. So what happens here? And just imagine, say it is ass Izzy, right? Ass Izzy. Ass Izzy. We don't know enough about ass Izzy to even say, okay, well, that makes sense for them. Right? Yeah. So when you think of this and what the reveal seems to be, even from the solicits, is this is Gunhawk and Gunbunny. Why would they send a letter to the Gotham you know, I don't know why these characters would do any of this. Arrest the Batgirls because we're kind of pissed off about them. And then in the meantime, the idea, and luckily Grace does call them out a bit at the end. 
But the idea that a police department led by Rene Montoya would get a letter from a sniper that says, hey, we're going to kill people if you don't arrest the Becros for no reason except maybe vigilantism. But really, yeah, there's nothing that will yeah. hold. The funny thing is you can end up arresting them. You're going to have to let them go anyway. There's no like now. What are you going to do as Gunhawk and Gunbuddy? Now are they going to go after the judges and the lawyer? Like, does it go any steps? Because it makes no damn sense. Plus, it is negotiating with terrorism. There is a stance in Gotham ever since you know the end of Gordon's run that we don't do stuff with masks. Yes, we do it like on the sly, like Detective Williams and stuff like that. But we're not in public opinion. We're not working with the vigilantes. That has not really even been mentioned in a year. Well, they mentioned I'm telling this a little you, bit. Though, so this idea of arrest them because they're vigilantes. Well, the thing is, is it's illegal, that I, Jim. <laughs> Unmask them. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at Gunhawk and Gunbunny. They have masks. Like sure this do. is bullshit. This is I'm sure they have a rap sheet. Bullshit. This isn't like the idea. I actually, at one point, I'm like, I think it's Batman. I think it's him. He was just pissed off. But yeah, Wingman and now Lebanon this was funny at the end. I mean, even that you ended up having. That Gotham Inc. just fly into Gotham, masks going. Nobody caused a stir. Oh, Batman, yeah, yeah. Now you end up with this though. I bet it was like Barbara. She's just pissed too. She's jealous. You know, you, you two are too close. You go into clink uh, again, though. They're dealing with. They're working with the cops. That kind of isn't the deal. But then Renee Montoya's like, "Listen, this better work there, buddy, or you're gonna be desk jockey." Nothing makes sense. It's all over the top. You get this letter. All right, we're going to have to restore order. But that doesn't really seem like fucking gun bunny. Well, even the idea when we have the situation where the cops are going to have to do something until we deep fake it so people think that the back rows have been arrested, which it's just there for no real reason except for to get the heat off the back rows, which still isn't really there because the back rows aren't in danger. It's everybody else. So what do we got to do for this issue? We got to get a hold of Batman, our father and the freaking Bat family. He'll come and save us all by giving us some great advice. Well, you know what, girls? People always try to use the innocence against us to try to hurt us. So what you need to do, well, you need to be Batgirls. You need to be stealthier. That's it. Batman out. Well, thank you, Batman. You're wonderful. Here's the problem, and I said this a lot in the Nightwing book. Not that it was the Batman deal, but even the Titans and all the things. When you end Batman shows up, and there's a sniper around, and Batman just comes in and says, you have to be stealthy, and by the way, you guys are great, and then just does nothing. It throws but, everything off. It doesn't look, make the sense. thing is, Batman's got a large city. This is like a four-block radius to hill, as far as I'm concerned. You can deal with four blocks. I, I agree. Batman would never, ever get upset about somebody shooting people. But you end up, when you look at Batman, I don't even think that's Batman. Look, that and, and Batman weighs 45 pounds. That, on the rest that, of the neighborhood, he's still trying on. to take out fail-safe robots that stuck around. Yeah, they, they left. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, what the hell? When they're like, oh, my, can you help us with the Saints? He's like, I'm done with that shit. I got orgums to take care of, fail-safe robots. Batman's hands are tied, girls. If Alfred was alive at this moment, I would swear that's Alfred. It would be funny if the idea where he's actually off in his, you know, dream world deal. So Alfred, if he was alive, he came here to kind of pretend, hey, girls, give him a, a pump-up talk. Uh, but I just don't get it. And then it's like, we'll make you proud, Batman. You already have. I'm like, this is, it, it's a joke. It really ends well, up. Well, you think they- that's a joke? Even when the girls lay low after, like you know, kicking out a bank, an attempted bank robbery, where 
uh, Alicia just happens to be in there during the robbery. They do it stealthy, so nobody even sees the background going. So nobody can, like, you know, pin this on us for doing vigilantism to get the assassin all riled up again, even though everybody knows is what's going to happen. <laughs> These guys were apprehended out of nowhere. What happened? Oh, no, we live in Gotham, probably a bat. But when you have all this going on and they're just at home laying low after all of this, like, you know what? We're great as backers. You taught me a lot about ste- uh, stealth, Castle. Well, you know what? You taught me a lot about things, too, like our hearts. Oh, Cass. I was like, this after-school special nonsense of these girls who should be, nonsense. you know, very well-trained bat girls in this time frame. Just the idea that we're sitting down and having this 12-year-old kind of era of talking feels so weird. And even when you have Barbara Gordon decide, well, we got to go talk to Detective Williams again. I had this deep fake for him to give the Montoya so we could put all this stuff away. I'm going to show up in my disguise, a wig, glasses that you normally see me wear, like I sometimes see me wear, and also a wheelchair. Thankfully, Detective Williams apparently has not been at the GCPD very long because he would remember the time the former commissioner's daughter was always in a wheelchair. But now, yeah, I, this is I actually just think he's dumb. But also, what do you got? A, a full out million dollar disguise budget? When you're done, you don't leave the disguise there where you were doing it. You take it away. You might use that again. Also, just to go back, just for this Batman nonsense dialogue, because this dialogue is horrendous. He says at one point, that which tries to harm us through violence against those we protect. It's one of the oldest tricks in the book. But then he sure says, is. I'm proud of you, girls. He yep. says, you've come a long way. I'm proud of you. Then they leave and go, we'll make you proud. And he says, you already have because he already said it. He's like, why are you making me repeat myself, you jerks? Get out of here. So you end up where all this being played out. And then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. But I, I swear to God, I'm reading this. I'm like. That can't be Barbara, right? Like, her disguise is a wheelchair. What is going on? Like, really? Have somebody, I'm like, please make that be Steph or something. No. And then the idea of, oh, no, look, we thought that somebody was shooting at the snipers, but they were shooting with that. Nothing makes sense. You know what I just realized? Like, he's saying Detective Williams, because I actually got it mixed yeah, up. Not we Williams, have Tim yeah. Drake Robbins, Officer Brooks. Yeah, we have this going Officer on here. Brooks. Anybody paying any attention to this guy? I mean, well, all the guys, is. I love the, the way the guy plays it out, too, is every time he helps out the Batgirls, he always has to remind us and them that it's his ass on the line. I'm like, we get it Just there, Just like Brooks. any good cop. Hey, Brooksy. Uh, on, so, you're going to have any action-type movie where you have to have the hard-ass guy. You know this is my ass on the line. And and I love that the idea is she – I think she leaves the wheelchair behind, too. Barbara's there. She's in this wheelchair. And then they're talking – He. He gets the thumb drive, and then he looks over and sees the glasses in the wig and goes, damn, not again. Well, that's the thing is, <laughs> he so got Batman, essentially, but what you have here is Barbara Gordon in a wheelchair. Because sometimes what we have in this book, like, ever since she decided that her, her like, you know, her system, her chip in her back gets wonky, so she doesn't do back growing all the time anymore. You still see her up and about every now and again, but she does spend a lot of time in a wheelchair once again. We're trying to get the best of both worlds, I guess, in this book. But just the idea, Officer Brooks gets Batman by somebody who's wheeling out. <laughs> yeah, but she's standing at one point because then she gets a call. So I'm I'm thinking, but seriously, I need somebody to film that scene. Is she standing? He, why would she, she have says, a wheelchair? I don't know. She says, sorry, I got to take this. She looks like she is standing. Maybe right just a there. weird perspective. I, I'm looking at it, too, but I'm like, there's no the wheelchair is gone when she's gone. And there's no way to show up in a wheelchair and then stand up because then you're just an asshole. I'm telling you where they're at, right? Where the sniper nest deal that yeah. they're at. 
I don't think it's wheelchair accessible. I think that when you get, she's like, all of a sudden, she's like, come on, Gotham, do better. She's like, look at this. She throws just the thing in the glass. this down the stairs. <laughs> Either that or you just hear it. Clunk, clunk, clunk. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> and then she's just like, oh, that's just the building settling. <laughs> and then he's like, damn, not again. She's like, I need help. Please. Oh, God. It fell on top of me. I I'm really paralyzed now. Help me. <laughs> She's, again, she throws a smoke bomb and then starts to, like, it, it dissipates. She's still there. She's like, is there an elevator in this place? I need to get the fuck out. I, get, I even laugh. Too. I, I like to imagine the wheelchair is also like one of those, like that tricycle from the Saw movies where we have <laughs> Billy the puppets come in and it's all squeaky kind of <laughs> yeah. a tricycle. I want to imagine those wheels are squeaking the entire time. Seriously, just to get really, really dark here. Remember when poor Reggie had his wheelchair and we would go to record and I just kept yelling at him like, you got oil there, Reggie. You got what oil is your wheelchair? Why is oh it God, you? What is going on? You're not moving. It's making so much noise. I can just imagine that. Like, it's squeaking. Our fourth co-host, the wheelchair. She's, <laughs> she's desperately trying to get out of it. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing at it, but it's so funny. So yeah, he's like, damn, not, not again. Disguises. Then... I, I was so confused because it's the whole play of like, you know, guns and this. And, and then there just happens to be a robbery at, at the Clover Credit Union. And I didn't quite know exactly what was going on and well, how even, this was even and what was thing, happening. What was going on with this attempted bank robbery? Well, at least it just happens to be there. At first, I thought it was her like coffee shop, but it's the actual bank. And, uh, but it keeps, it's weird because the lights go out and the back girls are being stealthy in the shadows, taking everybody out one at a time. But the way things work, the place seems to get brighter and darker with each different panel. So I'm like, there's no way you're not seeing these people because Steph, she's in freaking bright purple. Yeah, I, I don't. And even so, if you didn't know Alicia, you might think that that's Cass, looks very similar, but also. I thought that she was next to Barbara. I thought Barbara hightailed it over there at one point because there's this girl. I didn't know what was going on. And then these guys were like, oh, man, we're getting attacked by the poltergeists. <laughs> it was just, why? It did nothing. It was nothing. Still, but they're because just, Batman told us to because of reasons. Yeah, but all of a sudden, just because. Batgirls can't be out doing stuff because they're getting arrested right now as far as the TV's concerned. I, I love this, too, is because, and the comrades, they're they're awful. They really are. They're They're not good. They can't set up anything. So yes, when you awful. get, yeah, yeah, <laughs> awful. So they get to, they get to this deal. You know, they're not good. You know, they're, they're not really good. They get to this point, And so because there's gun hawk and gun bunny, it, that means that everything in town has to go nuts where people are not only running around rooting tooting with guns and robbing banks, but the dialogue from these people might as well be like, you, everybody down or I'm going to shoot you like I've never shot nobody shooting before because I'm going to shoot your ass and kill you your ass with these guys. You keep talking, fuck boom, boom, your boom. brain. Yeah, I mean, it's like, show yourself, I'm going to start blasting. And they're yelling at everybody else Cherry in the going to splatter the walls. <laughs> it's so over the top. I'm not kidding. I'm lighting this place. <laughs> I'm like, who are these guys? Jesus Christ. So, yeah, they end up getting conked down. Of course, oh, shot has to get involved. Yeah, really, these guys are all there, <laughs> money flying all over the place. And then you end up where the one lady's like, Phew, I thought they were going to, I know, but they didn't. Come on, let's get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> Thanks for the affirmation that they didn't. <laughs> it's the worst dialogue I've ever read out loud. Not it's the not worst, true. but it's, no, it's, it's up there. <laughs> it is up there. I mean, it's got its own little swing to it because it's so bad, but it's like, 
Get the money and let's get the F out of here quick. Well, that's I see is. anything move. I swear I'll paint the walls with blood. You have to have like this that. section, though, with this bank robber because you need an action quota in your books. Because with this going on, the stealth, you can't have the back. Because for the rest of the issue, you know, the Batgirl's having a sleepover, telling them how you, you tell me about the hearts. And then it's just everybody going about their day-to-day life while they listen to Grace O'Halloran's podcast, The Times of Grace, where she talks about her producer, Rocky, and what he thought about the Batgirls and how they inspire hope. And then he inspired Grace O'Halloran to love the Batgirls. And the Batgirls shouldn't be arrested or put a, made a, a target of because somebody's out there shooting people like my poor dear Rocky here. So you know what I need you assholes out there to do? I need you to stand up for the Batgirls because we all love the Batgirls. And we now we're going to have a protest while people are going out there shooting people who are you know, pro Batgirl. So yeah, let's get everybody together. And that's the whole thing. That is the rest. It is a, it is just a montage of stuff with Grace O'Howard's podcast playing as you hear how great the Batgirls are, which is going to be a running thing for the Queen Rides this week because I also have Wonder Woman, which that issue, find out how great Wonder Woman yeah, is. It's great, right? It's great. This is the funny play is because their issues or their series are ending or they're going to be off of the one. This is their, let's Batgirls take our victory forever. lap. But it's 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 terrible, Eric. They're not, not good. They're not good, Eric. Yeah, end up even with Grace. Oh. I love every time I'm reading this. It makes me laugh because there's Grace. I'm guessing a day has passed, right? Too. Yeah. She's like, I've never been this sober before. In my life. <laughs> like you really did have hey, a problem. So it's got problems, Jim. It's telling cool. you, she's there, and you know, life hasn't like like in general, life has been better. Oh, right. Yeah, but I, 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 I'll tell you this though: when she is raising the people's awareness to come out on the streets and fight for the hill and fight for the Batgirls, I'm so glad she didn't give everybody a a uh, a terms of what you should wear when you come out. A dress code is what I'm trying to go because she comes out here in a white T-shirt with a target painted on. I'm like, thank God nobody else did this because she is a crazy woman. Yes, you want to take yeah, a stand, she's but crazy. Don't don't literally paint a target on yourself. No, no. Now, the, the best is, is you do see, and, and some of the art gets wonky in this, I will say. But I could see right here, they are giving her a wide berth. Like, they're there. Yeah, yeah right. we're back girls. We're back girls. We're like, don't get near the crazy lady with the target on her. Look, these people are activists. They want to be about something. I'm all for it myself. But don't be dumb about it. You keep a wide berth on that woman with a target painted on her chest. She's got some, you know, I don't know, some tight pants, a target, and maybe work boots. I'm not sure what those boots are all, but I'd love it. Those if, are like, sneakers. I'd love it. Look at those things. I'd love yeah, it sneakers. if you end up there. Clown shoes is what they are. Your clown shoes. You end up where one of the Robins walks by and goes, yeah, I kind of know how that is. <laughs> walks away, <laughs> shakes their head. But all this going down, every scene is there and ends with the idea, like you said, affirmation of, you know what's pretty cool? Them Batgirls. They're pretty cool, aren't they? Batgirls. Yeah, we, we, we always have to stay with them Batgirls. And you know what I We're don't like? Girls. I don't like guns. But at one point, you pretty much have, I mean, what, Dirty Gracie? She's ready to start talking to punks and counting Look, bullets is what she like wants to do. I don't either, but sometimes you got to defend yourself She's with a little off shotgun when somebody comes to me because you yap about things on your podcast. I understand. Well, that's what happens. you got to watch yourself. But yeah, even then. And, then. and then people who listen to the podcast get a little bit too into it and say, hey, I know where you live. They get really into it, start making crazy claims that they and Eric made the podcast somehow. <laughs> and then, then shit gets real wacky, I'll tell you. I know how that is, but you end up having all this going on, and luckily, everybody does have the Times 
Grace Puckett, one of the worst names I've ever heard in my entire life. Ah, uh, it's weird science DC Comics podcast. No, no. Jim and Eric's comic book blog. I, I was telling that to Gray the other <laughs> day. I'm like, Wednesday. that's how we started it. Whopper Wednesday. That's why I made I made that little thing of our deal yeah. and the symbol of that. I thought you would like that. You never mentioned it. I did. It well, it's I like funny, it, you right? know, silently. Okay, thank you. As always. but It's a great thing we didn't go with that either, just because, you know, now it's Tuesdays for DC Comics. Yeah, I know. That would have been a problem, right? <laughs> and we, But we may have still gotten free burgers. That's why we're no, going to do it. The no. idea that most people start you know, a website reviewing books or a podcast talking about comics because their big goal is to get free comics. We tried to finagle it into getting free Whoppers Got and Burger, Burger King. King. That would not make any sense whatsoever. The only thing we would have been getting is a letter from their lawyers <laughs> to <laughs> cease and desist. But you end up, I like to where Make me burger Thank people. God. Grace only cries out of her exposed eye, Eric. That other one's tough. That other eye patch. No, no, no. It's all moist underneath there. It's gross as hell. <laughs> oh, she, Grace goes from like looking like Grace, then looks like Barbara, then looks like a supermodel. She's all over the place in this. But, you know, she's picking herself up. She's inspired by Rocky. And she's the only fucking one that speaks any sort of real talk here. She actually, while hey, she's guys, loading her gun. Talk time. But, now, listen. While she's loading her gun and making that shirt with the... <laughs> The target on it. She's actually talking some sense. Priorities. Where she says, the hell, GCPD, you are letting the terrorists make demands of getting people who don't need to be arrested, arrested. That doesn't make no sense. And then I, I wish that well, instead I'm of watching. Right okay, bitches, we'll arrest everybody. You like them apples? Because I'm fine. No, no, arrest, arrest, actually arrest Grace for just stupidity. The idea of that shirt, I don't need to see her loading the gun. I need to see her where she's going. What did she, like, one of the shirts that she didn't use? You know what I mean? Like, F you, I don't know. But the end up, I'd like to see her spray painting that shirt. Come shoot me, pussy. This is a good idea. Hey, I'm going to ask Rocky. Hey, Rocky, if you don't say anything, I'm going to take that you think it's a cool idea to have a Target shirt. No, he didn't say anything. I'm hitting the streets. But, yeah, you end up where Shoot if you're horny. This is, so... <laughs> That'd be great. Shoot if you like cookies. <laughs> She's dead. Ah, yes, there you go. She's got to keep her eye on the prize. But today, they're all Batgirls. Not really, and you're going to die. But hey, yeah. there you go. And the the funny play is, if she dies, I only say that Barbara is to blame because Grace actually thinks that the Batgirls are arrested because of that deep fake. So she's taken to the streets. I think that that's all going to lead to Grace dead. I mean, she'll Why? die. But I think there'll be a shot ringing out, and it won't hit Grace. It'll hit that dude oh, behind no, the her. the terrorist ricocheted and went into the hospital and shot Rocky again in bed. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Actually, they're just on the phone. We got great news, Grace. Oh, never mind. He's shot again. That guy behind Grace, though, while I think that the Target shirt's bad, I hate the look of suit coat and, like, Undershirt, and that's what he's going with. He deserves to be. He deserves to be shot by the fashion police. Eric is what he deserves. What you know about fashion, hoodie, and freaking basketball shorts? That's the thing. A lot of people comment on things that you know you don't have to actually know that for yourself. I you see do. with my eyes, Eric. Ah, <laughs> oh, that looks terrible. But they're they're all fired up though. They're all yelling and screaming. I've rocked that look. Right at this point, just imagine me and you live in the hill. We hear this commotion. And for some reason, we live in together in an apartment. We have bunk beds. 
and oh. you're on top, right? Because oh. yeah, you're on the bottom. You're more of the right. bottom. So we're there, but uh, you know, the I, I drink. Ladder. I drink a lot of soda at night. You're in big trouble. So oh. we're there, and we hear this commotion. And I look out the window. I'm like, oh, what's going on? It looks like a parade or something like they actually are doing here. And I'm like, oh man, Eric, get this. They're all gathering up and they're taunting the sniper to shoot Get away them from the windows. They, and I'm like, let's go, Eric. Should we go out there? You'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? No. And then we'd be pissed. Me and you would be there because for some reason we were just about to go to say Wawa to get something. Yeah, <laughs> we were going to Walmart. Burger King. We're like, now the streets are crowded with targets. I don't need this shit. Like, what's going on? And next thing you see me, I'm loading my gun. <laughs> I don't have a gun. I'm like, actually, Derringer. What we should end up doing Powerful right now, week. we're going to go out. We're going to go undercover. I found this wig glasses and this wheelchair. You push me. Let's go. We're I'm in. I'm not canceled. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be tough. Yeah, really. I don't know why I was just going to say that stolen valor. <laughs> oh, that's bad. I think we're canceled, Eric. Like this book. And there's a reason for it. This book's thing. And the yeah. art, I think, is wonky. There are. There are, like, yeah, it's fine in my mind for the most part. I say like some of the like the art in the in the, the bank robbery where it's like you know darkness and then it's bright. I'm like I don't know how you're not seeing anything that you need to in this. I'm thing. telling you, the faces are all over the place. That that scene where they're eating the noodles and talking about how the biggest you know weapon that they have is their heart. Yeah, has changes. She like morphs throughout that whole scene. Every panel, she looks so much different. I'm like. I don't, I don't like this. At one point, I don't even know. She looks like something out of Fantasia. Then she's going on. It's weird. But and even then, you have that one panel that uh, I guess it's furniture. Or, I don't even know what it is. I the guess only thing it, I can say in your behalf, this whole thing is that faces look ugly when you're alone. They do. People are strange, Eric. And, and so, yeah, and it is kind of hard to follow. It's nothing goes on, so it no. really doesn't matter. So. With that, but I'm looking. Head and shoulders more goes on here, though, in the Wonder Woman book that we'll be talking about. That is true. As I'm paging through, I got to avoid that wheelchair scene because that's going to get us in trouble, Eric. But hey, what do you get? The Dems is done. <laughs> Ultimately, I'm going to give this a 4.5 out of 10 because this whole thing, you have Gunhawk and Gun Bunny on the cover, but you're still trying to like have that air of mystery about who could the assassin be through this whole thing. And I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. And when you have the backgrounds, I don't even know what you're doing with that. They have to be brought to justice. We fake that they're brought to justice. Now we have to be stealthy. But they're being stealthy before they're actually brought to justice, you know, in the fake sense. So I, I, I don't know what this is. It's Grace O'Halloran's show, and I'm not buying this book for Grace O'Halloran, sadly. What? You mean kind of like a Manhunter Kate Spencer in a Joker book? I'm with you, Eric. But I was going to give it a four. But since we were so hateful, Man- I'll, I'll go Manhunter. up to a five. It's <laughs> way more interesting kicking the shit out of Joker, who, you know, the name on the title, than what's going on here. Same shit, different book, Now, if Manhunter was just talking about things that she believed in on a podcast, then yeah, this is bullshit. Do you, do you, in, do you enjoy the spelling of Rocky, R-O-K-Y? It's it bothers me every nuts. time I see it. It bothers <laughs> me so much. I gotta ask Rocky what he thinks of that. He's probably like, that is bullshit. I have a feeling they just spelled it wrong one time and then went with it, but, yeah. uh. Yeah, I'm going to go up to a 4.5 and negate the awfulness that we were talking a little earlier. See, Eric, I am. I thought we were having fun. What are you talking about? I am having fun. I'm talking about the cancellations. I don't want to get canceled. 4.5, Eric. This book sucks. This book sucks. And it's one of those things where I've seen people complain and like, oh, that's because it's this thing again. The characters aren't bad. 
It's the no, writers. The writers characters. are awful. These are characters that are supreme. These are characters that people have demanded for years to see brought back into action as backgrounds. And when it's announced they're going to get their own book together, everybody can rejoice until you see the creative team behind it. Because the creative team behind it thought they were 12 to 13 years old before on an interview. Before, Oh, no, I'm actually 17. And we were just told well, 17 is what it was. They have no idea who these characters are. They're just trying to collect a paycheck, it feels like, yeah, at yeah. this point. Allegedly. Would you laugh? Allegedly. Would you laugh as, as Gunhawk and Gunbunny? And Gunhawk, again, I'll mention, killed by Heartless in the Nightwing books. So shouldn't end up coming here, but they don't pay attention. Is that so. where he died? Because I know we keep talking about he died. Yeah, I couldn't remember where. For some reason, I thought it was some weird thing where we had that. No, it was, was just it, Was it James Tynan's Batman where Deathstroke was killing everybody? Was that the story that James Tynan did? Remember that where the Penguin got all freaking armed to the teeth? For some reason in my mind, it was all the way back there without thinking. Now, because of the, you know, Real great pacing that Tom Taylor has on that Nightwing book. Yeah, it still was probably eight years ago, but still, it, it did happen. And, you know, but Nightwing can't take down Heartless, but that's another deal. But in this, though, when you're going through it, the idea that this nonsense is just going to, looking at that Rocky, too, it's really driving me nuts. But with that, I just don't see how this ends in the, oh, well, like, what are Gunhawk and Gunbuddy? Like, why are they. Huh? Whatever. Ah, why are they that concerned with the backgrounds we'll when they just want to root and toot and shoot? And, and why they could just leave Gotham? They're not. I just have to assume at this point they're a hired gun for who couldn't tell you. Maybe it's ass issy. I love that the hired gun to then come and send notes to the GCP. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe Your that assassins, is the mystery. Just kill them. Just shoot their asses. Why are you? And really, you would think that maybe a play would have been. When you have, and this might have upped the ante, the idea that when they thought that this would go dark with your deep fake too, the idea of the deep fakes going on and then they kill the Batgirls, but they're not the Batgirls, they were just actors. Oh no. <laughs> but yeah, then that would, you know, may have been something to play with them now. I like too also where all this shit's going down and while Grace O'Halloran is telling everybody to, to, you know, pull up their bootstraps and shit, everybody's having a grand old time. There's an assassin out. You better watch it. You, you notice, though, nobody's outside. They're all doing indoor shit. But ah, uh, free the backrows. They've got signs. Everybody's making fucking signs. But here we go to the next book, Eric. Catwoman number 55. <laughs> At least it's not the Clumrads, right? It's written Agreed. by Teeny Howard, art by Nico Leone, Veronica Gandini, and Lucas Catoni. Well, Catwoman's out of jail, and she's back to doing Catwoman stuff. I don't Which know what so all weird. the other people went. I just, I'm just trying to think to myself, we just jumped right back into the story that we were in previously before Catwoman went to prison. So what was the point of doing that? Because I don't know. when you had the Orange is the New Black Cat mm, situation going on, <laughs> the whole idea was, I feel terrible because I killed Valmont. I need to stay in prison because of redemption. I don't care if you can pin all of it on Punchline and get me free. I need to be here because this is who I am. Selena Kyle. Punchline's got phase two. Bitches were breaking out. Phase two is on. We need to get the hell out of here. Phase two never even comes to pass. Punchline breaks into prison to take on Catwoman, who then says, hey, why don't we work together? You know what? Why don't we work together? We break out of jail anyway. In this issue, though, with the continuation where now Punchline is working with Catwoman with her new bout of strays who have broken out of prison with her. None of that is continued. None of them are there. Where are they? They're just gone. And it, they have to show up again, right? I mean, <laughs> did, did this book now, it is wedged between the Wonder Woman that 
Comrades are going to be off, so they're finishing yeah. up their run. And Batgirls, that's actually canceled. Why did this feel like that as well? This fe- felt like all of a sudden, oh, shit, I only have two more issues left. I have to end this and go. What is going on? You had a full story that we just went through. It was fucking ridiculous. It made no sense. But you come out of jail with the old thing of, hey, I'm teaming up with my enemy and my, you know, all that. And then nothing, not even a mention. But what even happened to the redemption arc of being in prison? I know, nothing. It This is the problem. Is And then you get in this issue and shit just happens. And some of the Dario stuff, okay, that's okay. But again, we're in the Catwoman book. And she's just kind of there saying catchphrases and or cat phrases (laughs) or just like, you know, also telling everybody how great they are. Every book seems to be a rah-rah for somebody in the book. Hey, you're the greatest. Oh, man, you're great. And I don't get it. This whole story. And then by the end, in a book that's been so fucking ridiculous, you throw in something like the black glove, things like that, that I'm like, I'm not even going to bother with you. Do you just that's I don't know. Well, we're just going back to taking on the mob families and ultimately just black mask because now we have punchline under our thumb. We have one of the mob families under our thumb. Now we're gonna get Tommaso under there too. So pretty much black mask has nobody at this point, and the ones that we have out there still, Ico Hasegawa and the Hasegawa clan are gonna take care of. So black mask is on his own, and he's. Just, I'm telling you, it is the first arc of this all over again where it's Catwoman versus Black it's Mask, and, I'm that, like, and, what and it's weird. Are they going to go to the dentist again? They're going to teeth cleaning? Because even that whole play of the mask and things like that, that's just pretty much the guy has, he's got more, you know, costume changes than Lady Gaga in this run. Every time I, I see him, he's got a new fucking ga- mask on. And so he's going and they, they end up starting out here and you have these crime families, but they're only there to get beat up. They're, they're not doing anything anymore. They're just fodder, like you said, to then kind of turn or get taken down so Black Mask will be on his own. But Black Mask, at one point at the beginning of this Keeney Howard run, he seemed like a threat. He was a legitimate threat. Roman came in hard, and he seemed dangerous and something that Catwoman would have to deal with. And in my mind, I think a lot of people's mind, Black Mask is Catwoman's ultimate enemy. But after she destroyed his mask, it's all been downhill from there, and like Black Mask has just been in the background, is kind of cackling with the stupid alternate mask, but not really a threat. Fucking Punchline was able to take him down. Yeah, and so that's shade, Eric. And so you're going through this. So what do you got? Well, what you have is Iko, who can't be Catwoman anymore. But that's yes. kind of like you know, kind of going back and forth in this whole play. I don't need the explanation of. Well, you're bigger than Catwoman. You're Ico. You don't need that identity. You're strong, and I love you. Well, Let's there can't go. be two of us. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, okay. But in the meantime, the crime families, instead of it being clever, we saw it from the beginning, but it got more and more. They're they're just sexist assholes. That's all yeah. they are. That's all they do. That's is all show the play was. Say, when they started calling it the Gentleman's Club, and Ico couldn't come along to play because she was a lady. That was the thing. No, remember, they called it the Gentleman's Club, and she could come to play. She was upset because they didn't change the phrasing because they didn't care. She was at the table at the club. This is the Gentleman's Nobody Table. Nobody took her seriously. And she ended up saying. And now that she's working with the Catwoman, we're going to kill you, Ico. But even Hasegawa. that, it's like. This whole thing with Ico really has been, you working for the Catwoman? No. You working for the Catwoman? No. You working for the Catwoman? Yeah, I guess so. And there you go. And they just want to yell, hey, you bitches. That's all there is. And the, Aban- the Abansku family, they're all like, oh, we're trafficking women. That's all we're doing. And Ico Hasegawa has a big problem with that. You're not going to no women trafficked on our river. 
and anybody else, but no, you end up where that's going on. The interesting thing, if you have been reading, and I'm not going to say enjoying because who's enjoying this, but the interesting thing is the Dario stuff yeah. and him trying. But again, it it almost happens, a, and then it doesn't. So you well, even the get idea enough. where you have the drama between you know Dario and his ex boyfriend Noah. Noah, who was taking over to the Maso crime family after his father passed away, because Noah is gay but doesn't want anybody in the family to know it, so. He's an outsider of the family coming in to take over because he's supposedly stronger than everybody else. And Dario, you know, he can't let anybody know about his relationship with him. So now it's a fight to the death. You have three days. We scheduled our fight to the death. We're going to kill each other. But but Dario needs some help. And so he's like, look, I know you've been working with Aiko and you train. I'm going to train you even more so you can take on Noah and be able to get your freaking, you know, revenge against this man who wronged you. We have a montage, though. It lasts five minutes and they move on. It's like... What they like, where's the training in all of this? Because they're like, all right, I parried this, I parried this. You've got a lot to learn still, but you know what? You're on your way. Okay, let's go talk to your daddy. If you ever saw the movie Young Blood with Rob Lowe, he's a hockey uh-huh. player. He's doing, he's like a Wayne Gretzky type. He's a real scorer. He doesn't fight. Well, he ends up wanting to fight this guy, Racky, right? So he goes home and talks to his Racky's brother, Kelly. Kelly takes him into the barn. They fight for three minutes. And then Rob Lowe now beats the shit out of Racky, who really, to me, always looked like Robin Williams. Well, you always just got to learn to pull the jersey up over their head. Well, that's what he needed to learn. And he learned the deal. But in this, we're talking about three minutes. And what ends up happening, though, is Dario goes and is like, listen, I'm scared. Catwoman, he wants to fight me. Come on, we're going to teach you how to fight. And then he says, I knew how to fight. Look, I know how to drive. I know. I'm like, oh, look at you, you big boy. Let's go. It's so ridiculous. But what are they doing? And then she starts saying, you need to learn for real. I'm like, are they going to go kill somebody or something? Like, seriously. But they're going to do the stuff that nothing makes sense. We're going to break into your daddy's house. And we're going to tell him, you got to work against against Black Mask and we'll make you some real money. Something that Tommaso crime family. And you know what? I gave your source of power, the icon of your family, the Black Glove, to your family back in the old country. I can get that back for you if you work for me. Hey, Black Mask, the Catwoman, she made me a great offer that I can't refuse, so I'm going to work with her. God damn it, Tommaso. (laughs) And even the idea where we have this going on, it turns out, when they're they're talking on the phone, Tommaso and Black Mask, turns out Catwoman's out of jail. When did the crime families know that Catwoman was in jail? Now, the Queen of Hearts, or the Queen of Diamonds, I believe it was, from the Royal Flush Guy, she figured it out and went to prison to take on Catwoman. She didn't know, but it seems that everybody here now, out of nowhere, knows that Catwoman's in prison, and now she's out. And I don't know. Maybe if you go and figure out who escaped from prison recently, if you knew this, you'd be able to figure out who Catwoman is, even though in my mind, everybody should know that Selena Kyle is Catwoman. You should, but even so, you get all the things and kind of get the, okay, I think it's her, like the one who looks exactly like Catwoman. Yeah. I think it might be her, but in the meantime, you have other crazy things because you do have, you know, this big firefight going on. And we had the problem way, way back with some of the girls. That one girl ended up getting killed that kind of tried to step up and help. Jenny. So, so you end up where Iko and Selena. Oh, God, Jenny. I love it that they're running away. They go into this room where these girls are and they go, oh, my God, I didn't know your girls were here. I can't lead them back here. But but they do. I mean, you already did you. it. When you're being chased by people toting guns and you run into the women's dressing room, you say, oh, my God, I can't leave these maniacs back here. I can't let any more women get hurt. we got to go another way. What they do in this issue, they run <laughs> past them out the door. So 
there's there's no backtracking involved. What you no. did is lead them to them and then run past them. Yeah, and you said I, if, I can't lead if, them to them. The and you girls, did. If the girls weren't on, like, you know, I don't even the idea, like the idea that they say, hey, who are you looking for, boss? Where's Gellin? We ain't seen nobody. The girls are playing, but if they just came around the corner spraying at the direction you went, all the girls are dead. You did nothing to help them. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. You you actually, and why oh, mention me, oh, that? My. When they hear that, and they're like, hey, get out the back door. All right. Yeah, sorry about that, girl. Sayonara, sucker. R.I.P. They go. But that's when you end up having, you know, the Dario deal. But you end up then going to Selena. Now she has to wax poetic uh, about Valmont. Oh, oh Valmont, I miss you so much. All we have left is this <laughs> cat that brought me ramen in jail, but I loved him so much. But see, Valmont, I, ha- I have your blood on my hands, and it's the weirdest part because I'm going to have to give this cat back one day. You told me after you stole the cat from me to gain my interest that we'd go and have to give the cat what back to the people about? one day. But I'm going to have to do it on my own. Valmont stole the cat so that one day him and Selena will return the cat. But the dialogue, we said something got wonky. The way that He this stole is her from me to get my attention. And we had an unspoken agreement. We return her someday together. You know, later. Someone out there is this cat. Someone out there Someone is out this there cat. Is and someday, this cat. I'll have to solve the mystery of where she came from and take her home. Someone out there is this cat. And I can only imagine this is some weird writer fuck up where they threw that. And I just want it to be this because I want me to be right for whatever reason. It's not a good right to have. You said Velma that you thought this cat. spirit went into the Somehow, cat. We got the shaggy fucking DA. <laughs> But Fucking I have to imagine this is a writing screw-up where they I showed your hand right. where someone out there is this cat. <laughs> just imagine, though, that we ended up, we just got out of a jail, you know, arc. Selena was in jail. She had this cat pushing ramen down a, a fucking vent to get to her in solitary confinement. And then she ends up breaking out. Those people disappeared. Nothing made sense. And yet what you're starting out in this seems to be maybe an arc where she's going to try to find Duchess's fucking real owners. You like, know, the shit that we all want to read. Why? And and I get the idea. There are times when writers do something. Say, you know, you end up having Batman wall up KG Beast in a sewer. And people don't like the idea that Batman. So you have to retroactively change some things, yeah. make it right. The I don't think any. Out. I don't think anybody is saying, well, Selena, you did steal that cat. (laughs) Valmont stole that cat, and you should be against stealing cats because you're a capper. Bullshit. You're a thief. What? Yeah, I mean, it's so ridiculous, the things in that has to be mentioned, as if it's trying to retroactively make things better that weren't, it wasn't bad anyway. But the cat also is like, I'm looking at the cat, I think I'm looking at, like, Lucy in the sky with fucking diamonds. I'm I'm looking into other dimensions. It's a, a escape of stars. Well, that's and because it's I... not a it's not a, a right cat, Jim. The thing is, it's Valma inside there, kind of like back in the day where Manchester Black's mind was merged with a cow until it wasn't. Exactly. Did, didn't you go and check because at one point you wanted to see if the eyes of Duchess matched up with Valma? But he's always wearing that fucking. The thing is, I might say shit like that. I'm a lazy man. I'm not about to go and do that anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know. I still I think to, that. I used to do that shit with other comics. So like, oh, did the eyes match? What oh, was yeah. it? I don't well, even we remember did what that the hell with Tom nonsense. King, but- oh my god. 
with Punch and Julie, yeah. where Punch was actually like, you know, Commissioner Gordon, we thought that maybe Punch was in disguise as yeah, somebody else later on. he's a lefty or a righty. Uh, that, that got us nowhere. But yeah, you, you have this going on, and I'm like, I think now that Duchess is Velmont. I think I've fully come around to the idea, and while that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, it really isn't in this book, because this book is is bad. But again, not good, Eric. <laughs> not good at all. Well, but it's yeah, a weird so- situation, almost like the last Harley arc we had with the last writer, Stephanie Phillips. Uh, Stephanie, is it Phillips? No, okay, I'm not getting yeah, all messed yeah, up with Stephanie Phillips. Stephanie yeah. Phillips. When we had the character Kevin, who I didn't like at the beginning, mostly because of Riley Rossmo's artist, giant goiter neck. But later on, Kevin became the heart of that book and the thing that you only really kind of read that book for because everything in that book was kind of a mess. Like this book now, all you and I feel seem like we're in here for is Dario Tommaso because he is the standout character. We want to see him get his comeuppance and we want to see him become a better hero overall. And so, yeah, you have that the stuff. We like Ico, and it's a shame because while Teeny Howard wants to try to convince us that Dario and Ico did a lot, they didn't. We barely did. saw didn't them, enough. and I would have liked that, but they didn't do anything. So now we actually are taking more time discussing now what they did than actually ever seeing it. So that's pretty bad. But yeah, the idea, too, I love this. It's like, listen, Catwoman, you don't order me around. Oh, you, I know, I know, but you got to take that costume off. Are you ordering me around? No, 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 that's a request. Sounds like an order to... Come on, do something. Do something in this book. And really, the Dario stuff, like I said, that's more interesting. But even so, you end up where they're training. And then she's like, she says such crazy things. Where Aiko was Catwoman on the streets while Selena was in prison. That one could have been a very cool arc where we actually saw Aiko do more than just Selena sitting in a prison doing, you know, flip-flopping on her feelings and emotions. The idea, though, Catwoman's still out there. Everybody will leave the Catwoman's still out there. For, for the end of this, where everybody's like, hey, you know how the Catwoman just was, uh, broke out of prison? Well, she's uh, she was in prison. She just broke out, apparently. So what did we do with Aiko and the Catwoman if everybody just knew the Catwoman was in prison? Yeah, and what what's up with that DA lady? Well, what she is? She was in line right now. Yeah, she's like, what? The? So you end up, they're going to train. You got claws, Dario? Uh, well, use them or keep them hidden. And then she just drop kicks him. And for God's sakes, don't hesitate. And then he gets mad. So she says, listen, you need to practice doing the real thing. Now, this is practice. Really what she says and what Dario never says, you need to train me so that I can kill Noah. He just doesn't want to get killed. He doesn't want to die. So he's like, you know, kind of do that. That makes sense. So she, she trains him for maybe. Three seconds. She stopped and says, what you really need is the real thing. And then they go on a stealthy mission to infiltrate his father's apartment. This doesn't make sense. This is not going to help them. But I see what Teeny Howard does and some of the books that I've read, but also Enrico Tamaki, what a lot of people do nowadays. You end up getting that regretful deal where, oh, my God, Dario's dead does love him oh my god because now he's upset i haven't heard from my son really you're that much of a piece of shit you can't tell that your goddamn son right there so you end up where they go in and say i have a offer you can't refuse we got the black claw we're gonna do this and like you said then and says and by the way have you seen your son dario lately and then that's where he's like oh my god all this is gonna end is that noah is probably going to get close to killing Dario, but then 
the dad will accept Dario for what he is, but Dario will say, I don't want to be any parts of your nonsense anyway. That's all it's going to be. So you end up where he's all upset and maybe he'll die. Maybe the dad will die and then Dario will just be like, I'm going to take over and do it the right way. What's the right way? I'm going to cross family. Women, children, and men. I'm not, not just going to discriminate on anybody. Discriminate. You know what happens in these things where, you know, he'll take over and he's just a piece of shit. That's what happens. But yeah, you end up where they go to Black Mass temporary underground hideout where he's yelling about mothers and stuff. He's just a, he, he has become Dr. Psycho. <laughs> like everything is Bunch just of soy sex. boys. <laughs> I love it. He's like, hey. Your mother might be cheaper. <laughs> Why does he have to do Honestly, that? Honestly, for some reason, it's my favorite line in the freaking whole book. It made me laugh, but seriously, look at the... First off, look at the guys that he's yelling at. The one guy looks like he just got off the skate park. The other guy looks like he's like a librarian. They're just loading shit. You can be nice to at least hey, those guys. your mother may be cheap, but my stuff isn't. Don't drop it. Zinger, man, zinger. You did it, Black Mask. I, I got a call to take, but by the way, I saw this guy, Kevin, the other day. He had this big goyer fucking neck and this Joker tattoo. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a mask that has like a bottom jaw fucking shit and then also maybe a zipper type thing underneath it that I don't quite, you know, kind of get. I don't Look at that one underneath. I don't get. Does he like move that to make it seem like he's talking? I don't know. I I don't think the mask mask is for function, really. It's just there to be, you know. I, I want him to start yelling so much he gets so fired up that that fucking jawbone falls off. God, god damn it! And then he's like, "Why are you gonna do that nonsense?" So he still has his suit. Oh my goodness! It's it's party on the top and the business on the bottom. I don't know what he's doing, but he gets a call. Also, what the fuck is going on with with Don Tommaso? The guy might be getting a, a BJ or something. Look at this look that he's got on him. Like, you look like crap, buddy. I, don't, I thought that maybe somebody had a gun to his head, which maybe they do. Maybe we'll see something that I don't know. It's nonsense, Eric. What would you give it? Ultimately, I don't mind the art in this issue. I like looking at it. I think the art really pops. In the, I mean, the color really pops in the page, even though it is a lot of dark. But the darkness of it really does pop, in my opinion. Like the shine of Catwoman's costume and even on black mask, you know, mask and stuff along those lines. The story is just, it's nothing. I'm telling you, I came in here expecting the continuation of where we left off, even though it's something that I didn't care for with the whole prison arc. And, you know, Punchline now just working with Catwoman, even though we had to worry about Phase 2 for no real reason. I thought we'd get a continuation. What we got is a continuation of the story before that, and I have no idea how I feel about that in the end, because while I like that better than the prison stuff, it just feels like I have a whole scene missing now, or it's an alternate universe where we didn't have the prison arc, and we just continue where we left off out of nowhere. So. It's such a weird situation. It just feels like an incomplete issue, and it just it doesn't work ultimately. So I'm going to give this a five out of ten. I'm a three. I love it too, where you end up having Dario. He goes to Selena, and he's like, "Oh my god, I feel so stupid. Uh, you know, my best friend. I fell in love with him. Now he wants to kill me. He said that we have to fight. I was this terrible secret. We have to fight." Selena then the next night, it seems, comes over and goes, "Hey, dude, little boy, were you serious about it? What the fuck do you think?" He was there crying, and she comes back, and she's like, Mmm, baby, earlier you said you and Noah had to fight to the death. Did you mean that? He goes, Yeah, no bull. I've got, like, three nights. All right, let's train. <laughs> what the 
fuck is going on? She wasn't in her right mind. She was all crying about Valmont and having to give a cat back. They were sitting there like and the cat was there. They were having a nice time. He said, she said, I love you. I won't let anything happen. And then didn't they cry in each other's arms? Well, they were at first, but then they kind of got and then you end up where it was about Ico. It turned to like, hey, Iko's going to have to help us, but not as Catwoman. But I guess she just fucking forgot what was being said and had to come up. Like, all of a sudden, she's like doing all this stuff because then she's attacking the traffickers with, again, the Hasegawa, you know, clan. The dialogue they were spouting out was nonsense as well. Plus, both were talking different languages because you ended up having the track. Nobody knew what the fuck the other was saying. So they're just yelling nonsense to each other. And then she's like, oh, shit, is that real? I'll go back and talk to him. Mm, baby, was that real what you said? Yeah. You know, honest truth, honest engine. You get canceled saying that. You know? Somebody is. Uh, oh, my. It was. I like when he says, I can fight. I know how to drive. And I put on my big boy pants. And I even made my sandwich today for my lunch. I'm ready. All right. All right. Let's go and talk shit to your dad. All right. There we go. But we'll move on to this book. See, I, I did have some fun, Eric. I'm trying yeah. to insert the funds. Here we go. Wonder Woman number 799. Apparently all the fun just dried up. What yeah, happened? Here this, we this, go. This, this is the thing. This, these books are fun. Like, they're bad fun bad. They're so ridiculous bad that bad, you I can have you. fun with them. This Wonder Woman, it, it's not that fun. Though I, I, I can laugh at a couple things. I'm sure they'll come up with some nonsense. Well, the nonsense is there's like 800 artists in it, and I was wondering why. And then when we get to it, I'm like, oh, because we have dream sequences. We got the dream weaver you know, in the town. You know what I thought was a really cool idea at the end of Buffy season four, I think it is, when you you beat the big bad in this episode before the season finale. And that season finale, we had that episode where all of the gangs getting together to watch a movie, and then they all fall asleep because they're so exhausted. And we go through the individual dreams as Buffy's trying to like you know figure out this vision she's having about what she needs to do from the first Slayer. But everybody is having these interconnected dreams, and you have that guy's like. I wear the cheese. The cheese does not wear me. It was a fun, interesting episode, especially one to be a season finale after the big bad is over. And this is what this seems like it wants to so, be. So what you're saying is they ripped it off allegedly. It, uh, feels it does like seem it like it wants to be. But the thing is, that had a purpose and it actually tied everything together and made the characters look great. Every character who has a dream here incorporates Wonder Woman into the dream into different scenarios. But it's just, you know what? You're pretty great, Wonder Woman. Cool. And on to the next dream. There's a lot of times what the clone rads end up doing, like even when they try to explain it, it seems like they wanted to do something clever, but they just aren't able to do it. And that's probably what is happening here. And also they get done this tie in to, you know, Revenge of the Gods, which was bullshit. And now they have a couple issues or an issue and then part of a 800, they need something to throw in. So obviously they pick something, a dream deal. You can do that because you're not going to ruin anything in any of the, you know, yeah. everyday continuity because anything can happen. But again, it's just the, you know, dream weaver. Let's walk through dreams and see how great Wonder Woman is. And it is kind of bullshit. But we get one forever. We haven't had him in a while. So yeah. written by Becky Clunan, Michael W. Conrad, art by Aletha Martinez, Mark Morales, hey, Megan Hedrick, Juan Ferreira, Terry Dodson, Rachel Dodson, Paulina Ganchow, Tamara yeah. Bonvillon. Terry Dodson again, I think it's all over the place. And Pepper, so you got the colors and the inks and the stuff, Eric. But yeah, it's the things, doubles, you know, when they double up and stuff. Eh. So you end up where all this is going on, and we're going to have what is the beginning of their 
you know, victory lap. They're ending their run. It's going to end in the 800 issue. Now, if you weren't aware of that, it's because DC's mum's the word about that. The big play is that that issue will have Tom King's story about the daughter, Trinity, Trinity. of Wonder Woman. Nobody gives a rat's ass about the end of this arc. The reason why we have Tom King and Trinity is because of this bullshit and even the stuff that came before. Nobody cares about this book. They Here's the thing. By the end, and I've said this before, I don't find them. I don't think they're vindictive. Sometimes even Tom King is accused of that. He's just going to ruin characters. He's going to fire people up. I do think the Clonrads mean well. They just can't write worth a shit. It, it's not their fault, Eric. They're, they're trying to tell nice stories, and at points you can see what they're trying to do. They just can't tell it right, or they can't get out of their own way because nothing really has any substance or weight to it. Kind of like the Batgirl's book, and then by the end of this, it just ends up being, man, you know who I really like? Who? Wonder Woman. Oh, man, she's Me cool, too. right? She's pretty cool, that Wonder Woman pretty knockout gal. And that's all you really get. Now, a lot of people may like this because, again, like I said, I think that they mean well. Well, even when you have the situation of of the dreams themselves, you have Steve Trevor's going to have a dream, Ziggy, Ziggy who's going to have a dream, Etta Kenny's going to have a dream. And when you have these characters have this, it's all incorporating classic things. Like even in the World War II, like Steve Trevor stuff, it's it's not his like you know classic World War II. It's because he's watching a documentary on TV and has this, but you get that classic Wonder Woman feel with Steve Trevor of that era. Siggy, he's at Ragnarok fighting alongside Wonder Woman. And even Etta Candy, she's back at the Holiday College having the Holiday Girls and they're like a classic cheetah kind of bat. bat, bat. And you have these different looks in the art, which looks great ultimately, but there's no substance to the storytelling. And I'm totally confused in this whole situation because Etta has a girlfriend. And yes, uh, it makes sense for that, but is that supposed to be Cheetah? No, I, I don't think so. I think it's the same. Remember Who is they were this orange kiss. woman? No, I think that she was just somebody that was kind of mentioned before. I don't know. I know that she had a girlfriend previously. Yeah, and yeah, we talked she did. about it. But I don't know who this woman is off the top of my head. And it just looks like a woman with orange skin. But I don't know who it's supposed to be because I don't remember this character. Yeah, I, I don't. I thought it was Dal. I actually thought it was Dal, and then she's in the deal there, but the art changes, and I don't know. We'd have to check. Know. But again, I like and I like the holiday gals a lot. I, I think that they're always cool. It's that classic feel. But just throwing it in here, just to get that, and and that's the thing. A lot of times, you know, people will end up, man, that really gets you with the nostalgia and things like that. But yeah. the overall concept of it. It just ends up always pulling me out when things well, are, you know, just even at a candy's dream. Things. Our first dream sequence of this whole thing, where the holiday girls are going to have a picnic, and Wonder Woman's here. Here's that sandwich we made with hummus, and it's good for you. And then Cheetah's going to ruin the picnic, and then we're going to put the lasso of truth around here and figure out why she's really doing this. It's because you didn't invite me to the picnic. Oh, didn't you know when the holiday girls have a picnic, everybody's invited, so everybody has a great time. They call that a train, Eric. Isn't that what they call it? it A train. Uh, When they end up doing that, like that's a nice enough little story, but it feels like something that it feels like it should be in like an all ages kind of like anthology book. You know what I mean? (laughs) You end up where all that, but it's nice enough. But what I wanted, and then I start thinking, like, are they? Deep diving about that nonsense about the milkshakes because they keep mentioning milkshakes. But the idea of this though is, I kind of felt bad for Cheetah. I wanted her to have her own drink. She's been on the team. 
And yet How is she supposed to checkmate as far as I know? Yeah, she's just a side character in the, the at a candy dream of I just want to be invited. What bitch? Everybody's invited. It's the holiday girls. Listen, we may be cheap and we're also easy. I need black masks start smelling. Uh, hey, they might not be cheap, but they're certainly easy. Boom. And yeah, when you get that, I I like the art. I like. I really actually, it's so really, funny. The it, art throughout is actually really great because even when you have, you know, Ziggy fall asleep in the bathtub, which all I could think about, especially because we're doing dreams and shit like that, like all of a sudden Freddy Krueger's claw is going to come up between Freddy his Krueger. legs in the first nightmare on Elm Street. I thought so he was going to die because, like Whitney Houston, Eric, is what oh, I thought. So or like Jim, Mor- down, Jim Morrison. I actually thought what happened was they were celebrating with little H. He started ODing and fucking well, Steve's even, like, I don't know, throw him in the bathtub. Steve and Ziggy's, you know, relationship as roommates is even comes off really odd here. Like, Steve's <laughs> all hung up on Wonder Woman and, like, you know, how they first met. He's still in love with her, obviously. But it's like, hey, you're going to go take a bubble bath, Ziggy, and, like, don't fall asleep in there like you usually do. I got to pee. Would you wake up? I'll give you 15 more minutes. And when Ziggy gets done with his dream and wakes up, Steve's asleep on the couch. Like, he's going to. Cover you up a little bit there, Steve. Sleep well, my friend. He's he's naked except for a towel. Sleep sleep well, my friend. May the warrior of truth visit you as well. I'm like, what is this relationship? The relationship we're about to see, Ragnar. You end up where all this going down. What I really wanted, though, was Cheetah, where she's like, I wasn't invited. And then they give her the sandwich. And say, what the fuck is this shit? Hummus? <laughs> like, I'm an apex predator. I just told you this. <laughs> I want her to be like, that's what this party is? I'm getting the fuck out of here. That there's going to be hoagies. That Steven Ziggy remind like, if it was me and you were there sleeping, I'd kiss you on the forehead, right? Maybe. Oh, my like, God. See, see how my tongue, like, goes. What's the worst part? For, for some reason, I'm telling you, it's his own personal thing where the whole idea that, okay, guys, we just got done an adventure. You know, we took out the goddamn wicked gods. We have a briefing at 5 a.m. tomorrow to figure out what the future of Checkmate's going to be. So don't take, you know, like, you know, go to sleep now and so don't stay up too late, Ziggy. If I fall asleep on a couch watching fucking World War II documentaries, you want me to, to wake up to go to bed? Yes, wake me the yeah. fuck up. I don't want to sleep on the couch. Well, Ziggy, he this guy plays with fire. It's the devil's hand. He is falling asleep in the bathtub with his earbuds in there. I don't know that they are waterproof. He's really going to cause some problems. Plus, this is all black magic to him anyway. He's from the freaking past. And also, I do think he OD'd. That's what happened. There, <laughs> the, oh, <laughs> shit. Happened. Oh, shit. Call Bobby Brown. Ask him what the fuck he did. I don't understand. See, I have all this going down, and then you have Ziggy who's thinking about Ragnarok, right? And he has that whole deal with Diana. Wonder Woman is the best companion for the end of the world because she always has courage and always inspires hope. Isn't she the greatest? It's funny. I didn't mind that. It might be Juan, but I didn't mind that because that at least, I don't know, it seemed to fit because she was in Valhalla before at the beginning. This seemed like a nice enough deal of, Hey, you know what? It's the end of the world, but if I'm going to fight at the end of the world, might as well be with you, baby. Let's go. They're fighting, so it's okay. But the other stuff just seemed very odd. It just actually that seemed odd as well. But then he gets up. Even when you get to Steve Trevor, it's like World War II. And then, like, you know, he's fighting, and then his plane comes down. Wonder Woman's there. They're going to fight together against the Nazis. They're like, I thought you didn't love me, Steve. I'll always love you. You have that kiss. And it's just a situation where everybody just keeps talking about. Man, Wonder Woman was in my dream. It was weird. And even the weirdest part, because you have all these characters going on that we see Etta go to sleep, talking about what they have to do, Steve and Ziggy. We see them before the dream. All of a sudden, we're just thrown into a dream by Queen Nubia on Themyscira about Wonder Woman taking the burden on her shoulders of both 
the Amazon and man's world and how she's like, you know, splitting herself too thin because she feels she has to do both all the time and then wakes up. I just had the weirdest dream about Wonder Woman. Io, listen, it was weird. <laughs> hey, I just had a weird dream about Wonder Woman too. That's crazy because her, she, she, after the uh, Revenge of the Gods, you know, she was mortal, became like a divine, and now she's over here in a coma, and maybe she's trying to reach out to us in her in our dreams. Yeah, yeah. There, there was one part in the Ziggy part. Radistock is there, and it's a weird positioning because they 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 end up talking to him about something before he actually says it. But the thing, like you said about Nubia, that makes me laugh the most is pretty much it'd be like. Me had, you know, me and you both have these dreams, and I have a dream that you tell me in the dream. Listen, I don't like you. I don't ever want to do a podcast with you again, and I'm gonna kill dream. you. And then I wake up and I go, "Huh? I wonder if this means something." Like Nubia knows that she feels like maybe she doesn't get enough of it. Like it's plain as as day what this dream means, and she gets up, huh? I think sometimes dreams mean something, but who knows? And then, like you said, then it just ends up being, oh, man, did you hear this? Wonder Woman, she ended up going because, yeah, she, she wanted to have a relaxation little she sleep here. She won't wake up. She won't wake up. Oh, no. What's going to happen? Freddy Krueger's got her. But it's funny. It's like Freddy Krueger doesn't have her. She's just been jumping around having a grand old time. I mean, she's such doing a weird the idea because her friends. I, I don't. I don't know if we talked about it because I'm certain. I'm sure I didn't think about it when we got done the Revenge of Gods. The idea that she was a, like you know divine. She became a goddess because of uh, what Herod did, and then got the the Wizard Shazam's power to freaking you know even the odds up to have even more power to take out Herod. For some reason, I never thought about the idea by the end of that that she was still a goddess and that this would affect her somehow. And is she because of the way the gods are right now? In this dream state, conserving her goddess energy, but going in everybody's minds where they're telling her how great she is, is she leeching off the, their prayers and thoughts to become even more powerful because now she's a blood-sucking god? I think that what we're getting is is that she just has to dream her own dream. They're all dreamings with her. She needs to have her own. What are her hopes Aren't and the consequences to becoming a god? I just think that it's just that she, they're going to spell out, oh, I get it. She's so selfless that she is going through all of the other dreams to help everybody and get in there. But what is her real dream? What does she want for herself? Because she'll never it's like that Freddy Krueger meme running around other people's dreams. I forgot to follow, run through my own or follow my that's own. That's what it is. Yeah, that I think that's a hundred percent. Is what's going on is that she isn't able. She never gets to have her own hopes. And, and really, if you want to have a meta deal. I think that the book has been that since Rucka left. She is a side character for a lot of times in this one Roland book because it goes through everybody else and she's got, we say it, how many times have I said over the years, she's sleepwalking through her own book, that they're doing this and I think that's what but it is. But does Dead I Man think, dream of Goddess Wonder Woman? I don't know. I, I think that they're all just going to have to go to sleep together to get in her dream and they'll have a fucking birthday party or something. Look, Wonder And her her dream will just be to be with everybody all together, not individually, Eric, because they were being selfish. Ragnarok, the Etta Candy and the, the you know, the, the holiday picnic. gals and stuff, a picnic. But I think that she wants them all together, and that's her real dream. We're just going to get fucking nonsense. We're going to get the fucking nonsense of, oh, my God, she's so great, and she loves us, and off we but go. That is, and that is our entire issue, though, because you have a thing by the end that makes you think there are stakes to this actual story that we're ending on, even though we have a part of Wonder Woman 800 to conclude everything up, and I'm guessing at this point in time. 
But you have this fu- this final full issue where it's just dream after dream of individual characters with side characters within this Wonder Woman book telling Wonder Woman how great she is and how she inspires us all. I'm like, come on, come on. She doesn't need that fucking lip service. Go We're fuck reading yourself. Wonder Woman <laughs> for a reason right now because we like Wonder Woman. We don't need you to play Candace by telling us how great she is. Again, that's one of my complaints great. at points for like a Tom Taylor on Nightwing. I it's better than this, uh, you yes. know, by far. But it's still there's a lot of books nowadays, and a lot we had it in the back rows. Batman shows up to say you guys are books. great. I'm proud. Like they end up every book like instead of telling stories and giving character progression that actually shows us how great they are, because we do know they're great, but it's nice to see it. Yeah. I don't need lip service. I don't need. Other characters, this happens so much. It usually happens like a Naomi. It'll happen with a new character, and they don't want to put time to develop the character. It happens a lot of people have that complaint with, say, Miss Marvel over R.I.P. Over there in the whole deal where she, you know, they're not going to show something they say. It. I like the character, but even so, Naomi's on the Justice League, and suddenly Batman and Superman say that she's the biggest. You are the best thing ever, Naomi. You are the best thing ever. So, like, how did okay. we ever have a Justice League without you having your powers for two weeks? And and again, you can say, well, that's bullshit, but I see what they're trying. They're trying to, you know, fast track elevate. that yeah. character and elevate it. But Wonder Woman? You don't really need that. Uh, we kind of know that Wonder Woman's great. The idea is you need to just show her being great, not just lip service and going and having picnics and stuff. And <laughs> And again, another thing about it is just as a little bit of a soapbox deal, Wonder Woman being great doesn't have to always mean that she becomes best friends with Medusa and Cheetah either. She she can end up being great all sorts of ways. And at points, she's going to kind of have to do some things. I think that what I find funny is this is really like, I mean, this is, what is it? Uh, I'm trying to think of the term fluff. This is like a fluff piece. You know okay. what I mean? And then we're going to go away for two months, and then Tom King's going to hit like a fucking brick wall. Like, this guy, <laughs> may, but maybe that's what we need. I don't love We Tom need a King. child to die. I'm worried, but maybe as a child. Uh, but, you know, maybe you do need to kind of lay the fire under this book and, and get something going. I don't well, know. Well, you need to have something that's going on that's the complete opposite of what you have right now because Wonder Woman's hurting, and maybe it's that complete opposite to get eyes back on it where you have this – this complete shock and all situation. And then you would put Tom King aside and have another writer come on and tell an actual Wonder Woman story where it's not Tom Kinging it up or including it up. Once you announce that daughter, I think that he ends up, he wants to be on it for the long run. Maybe he'll end up doing well. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm, I'm not really looking forward to it, but I'm kind of looking forward just to see how different it might be because something has to change. It needs change. something. Yeah. And we're not fans of Tom King, but we're always going to give everything, everyone the benefit of the doubt for something new they're on because they always have a chance to wow us. And this is the same exactly. thing for Wonder Woman with Tom King. This is your opportunity. I'm here. I'm going to be here reading it no matter what. So wow me. Yeah. And, and I said, unfortunately, the vigil was on our Patreon spotlight. I'm not a big fan of Ram V. I've gone on this podcast and say it a, a bunch of times. Vendetta. It's been called a vendetta, but I love the vigil, Ram V, because like you said, I don't. It's not a vendetta. I, I, it drives me nuts because then vendetta. I'm sitting there talking to people and they start saying it like, well, I'm not going to no, listen to you about that. It's a vendetta. I'm like, yeah, it's not a great one to have your co-host seem like he's a hack. But I end up, and I mean you, <laughs> I the idea where it's going, like, 
that's the fun of it. That That is the best where, yeah, every new book and every new thing, it, 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 because we'd rather like the things than so. Luckily, though, because Clonrad seems like, well, they're going to do that night too. I, I just, I'm not impressed with them. But like I said, they don't seem to mean harm. No. It's not that good. Uh, but eh, we'll see. So it's not very good, Cesar. Kind of bad. I mean, yeah, but I it's not like I sit there and say, like, oh my god, you're the worst, you're ruining the character. You're just not really doing much with the character. The characters, you know, of Wonder Woman's kind of been spinning and the what wheels is this for checkmate? a while. Yeah, I, like I don't like the Bendis checkmate that he put together, but that's when we left things off. All of a sudden that's just thrown to the wind for Steve Trevor and Steve Trevor at a candy and Cheetah and Siggy. You said Steve Trevor, like you were Trevor. from Brooklyn or something. Yeah, that's Steve Trevor. What's up, Steve Trevor? <laughs> uh, but what would you give this? I would give this a 4.5 out of 10, and that's all for art for the most part. Because Yeah, I'm going to have to go with I'm art four, as well I'm, for I'm a 4.5. 4. 5. out of 10, like 10 on Batgirls as well. That had more, nothing really happened in that book. It had way more story throughout, though, for a book where the art was fine as well. This has no story whatsoever until the other. Wonder Woman, she's a goddess, but she won't wake up. And it's oh nothing, God. but the art is amazing throughout, especially with all the artists you have on there. You get different feels of each different dream, but the dreams, they don't matter anyway because it's just a freaking, you just jerking Wonder Woman off telling her how great she is. Do you like Io's real kick-ass eye patch? No, I, I need really... strap. Straps yeah, I, do, cool. I do too. I do too. Uh, Otherwise, it's an eyesore. Oh my, Steve Trevor comes in and is like, get that lady in the bathtub. She's OD'd, but don't you know? This is what we do. And it's Steve Trevor. He has a lot of experience with ODing people. So with all that, though, what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Titans number one. Yeah, that was not mine. Mine is the vigil number one. So at least Crazy. we both like uh, some number ones, right? Some yeah. of the books, though, this week were big number twos. Music of that, Eric. But here's... What we're going to be talking about next week, two of these books will be picked by the badasses, the Get Fresh crew, and they will be on our Patreon-only badass spotlight that comes out every Thursday night. I'll tell you what I think they'll be by the end of them. But you'll be wrong. wrong. But hey, that's okay. I'll tell you. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, but I'll tell you. And I was going to tell you. I thought there was going to be this big like statement you were going to say. Just saying, I'll tell you. Here's what we have. Action Comics number 1055. Pretty cool, right? Pretty cool deal What's over our there? next story after Paige? Oh, Steelworks. Um, that's right. Yeah, it's the Steelworks deal. I'm glad that you remembered it because I actually forgot, but we'll end up continuing the main Philip Kennedy Johnson story. Pretty cool story. Then we'll get the young John being manipulated by the princess in a way that we were hoping was a little more Gosh. lighthearted and good, it, but we'll see. It could still right? get there. It could still and, get there. Come on, Dan I mean, Jenkins. The whole deal is that that girl might be just like really up, like trying to get the quickest possible way to get Superman there. Maybe she's a little misguided and she become what we thought. It's not going to hurt, but maybe. And then you Steelworks deal. Okay. We yeah. like Steelworks, right? Uh, we also have Eric City Boy. City boy. City boy that we've been waiting for. And I think that because in honor of that, we will what play the fuck out. Is your we will, <laughs> we'll play out City Boy song at the end of this podcast just to get everybody fired up for that book. Green Arrow number two. All right. See if that makes more sense. Like, I liked it. I really liked that first issue, but you're going to have to start telling the story. And it, it, 
it seems a little wacky, but we'll see. Maybe Why that isn't will Green Arrow dead? Together. Well, let's see. We'll see if they get that. Speaking of wacky, we also have Harley Quinn number 30. I don't well, we're having a good time there with those first three books. You know what books. the thing is, is that that Harley Quinn, and we talk about giving every book its fair due and whatnot, but I that Harley it. Quinn is so bad. I know it what it's going to be. But it has such an opportunity to eventually have an issue that we're like, holy crap, this is pretty good. Not I if mean, it's we, doing what it's doing that, right now. But I think it's going to continue the same nonsense, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to wait. Just the Society of America, JSA number four. I look I'm forward looking to forward that. to that. The funny play is I'm like, oh, we're only at four and we have to wait till six for the lost children. Oh, my God. It's going to be three bitch. years before we get to there. But at least we're getting number four, hopefully, because a lot of people sat there when it said lost children will continue in the JSA. I said it like, oh, man, but we don't have much. Of- we still have two issues. Hopefully that can kind of tighten up that story with Huntress. All I'm just that hoping that with this issue, I can children. start sussing out the story better. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. I like what we have. Because I can see the bones, but I need more meat to it. You need more meat and skin and cartilage and Yeah, guts, well, tell right? you need this. Come back. There. Yeah, uh, but that's what I mean. Hopefully these next two issues can really solidify that story so that when we get the lost children, it'll end up fitting in a lot better and everything will go smoothly. Nightwing number 104. All right. All right. I, All right. More Nightwing, less Titans for Jim Boy? I, I, I doubt it. I think it'll just keep doing the same. I don't know. Take out that no, heartless. I have no idea. I, I really don't even remember exactly. Oh, we were in well, hell with the Titans. Well, no, not only just that, Jim, but if you remember, Nightwing became the legal guardian of Lil Buster. Yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Now if he's got a, a steady girlfriend, a daughter, a dog. Dick Grayson's is coming up all over the yeah, place with what's going on in his life. Living in sin. Oh. You also end up having Tim Drake Robin, number nine. Poor Tim Drake. We'll see how that turns out. And then we have Unstoppable Doom Patrol, number three, which I I really, I think that that book is just going to continue to be quirky. For quirky's sake, try to be crazy without a story. I'm worried about it, but I always give it a chance as well. And you like it a little more than me, uh, but I'm not really digging it that much. But that's that. That is it for next week. My picks I think City Boy will be on City the Boy. Patreon spotlight along with the JSA number four. That would be my Honestly, two it picks. Sounds, that's a pretty good pick. I think that those, that's why, again, I wanted to play the City Boy song on the way out because I really think that it's going to be picked for the spotlight and then people wouldn't get to enjoy <laughs> that song. <laughs> they wouldn't get to enjoy so much hard work into the this. We need more people. And that, yeah. And again, I've been talking to some people about the vigil, spirit world, and then saying City Boy, even if City Boy isn't as great, I haven't read it yet, but they, two out of three ain't bad, as they say, great. and we've already been pretty Meatloaf, impressed right? with these, yeah, with these We yeah. Are Legends deal, we've been pretty impressed, and if City Boy hits, I mean, really, that that's it's pretty impressive, up right? It is, it's coming up new characters in a time when new characters are really hard to present and get going and whatnot, so maybe there is hope. Maybe there's hope for one Eric show. A new hope? Maybe. Maybe a new legend, no, Eric. there is another. <laughs> there isn't, yeah. So with all that, though, I do think City Boy and the old JSA, if it's something else, whatever. But if you want to listen to whatever it ends up being and even get to vote yourself, go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience. Sign up, whatever level's good for you. You'll get a lot of other podcasts as well, including reading clubs, all the stuff. Manga, DC, Marvel, all that all combined, and indie stuff as well. A lot of 
a celebration of comics it is yeah indiana jones maybe maybe eric but with all of that said and done we are done for this thanks everybody thanks jamen for writing in thanks eric shea for writing in you're welcome i hope that everybody had some fun even though you know we might not like everything that everybody likes but that's kind of the fun of it and everybody has their own opinion and deserves that are you talking about what you said about the the titans or what i said about the flash no i keep thinking of the titans is what i'm thinking of i don't want people to be mad at me going out of here but yeah everybody can like and dislike what they want so we're not the authorities on anything we just like to talk about things but that is it that is emotional. <laughs> you are the spokesman for all Green Arrow fans. Weird how I that did, works. I did hear that at one point, but with all that, Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven.